0: Previously on the Cool Boys Podcast.
1: Fuck my ass. Our spoiler casts do really, really well. Yeah. And like you not watching anything hurts us to the point where I think I need to start doing spoiler cast on my own or something.
0: We, we can figure it out. We can figure it out. I, w- I will finish the boys very soon. But uh, well, you
1: won't see. You've even said in other episodes, you won't. I see got distracted and I
0: ended up watching all of season one of Euphoria. Did you like Euphoria? No, that's my rant. <laughs> it, is, okay. it is possibly one of the worst, like worst written shows I've ever fucking I've seen. I've heard good
1: things from coworkers
0: who are uh, very woke. It, it very is woke. absolutely a man in his late 30s try like becoming wokeness itself and trying to conceptualize the world of edgy fucking teenagers who do drugs and are sad, and they're all like uh they're they're all mixed race. Or, or or trans, and if you're white and, sh- and straight and male, you've got a dark sexual secret and or a fucking psychopath because all straight white men are psychopaths. The entire thing is shot like a music video. I've never seen Depth of Field be too shallow before, but this show manages to do it. It's the most arrogant thing I've ever seen. Uh, Live from Cool Boys Central. You can be the boss down there. I'm boss up here. Hold your dicks and rub your tits. You'll be ice cold. Here come the cool boys. That's the young boys. <gasps> oh. So cool. Play, play,
1: put the money on it. So cool. So cool.
0: Like oh, cool boys. Mm. Greetings, Cool Boy Nation. Play, play. And welcome. To another spoiler cast installment <gasps> of the Cool Boys podcast. You know what they say? Ew. Ew is said a lot in the show. You ca- you caught that. I'm Fezco Felk. Fezco is one of my favorite characters.
1: Fezco's great. Um, no, Felk, it's not ew. It's ew. Ew. Okay. Ew.
0: Joel says and that a lot, I think. I think Cassie says it. Okay. Maddie says it. You know all the characters now.
1: <laughs> Who are you? Did you say, who are Rue? No, I said, who are you? Because <laughs> I'm Rue Bennett Ballard. Uh,
0: so cool.
1: So cool indeed. And, Felk, real quickly, before we get into what we're all here for, Euphoria yeah. Season 1. I have to know. On HBO and HBO Max. Um, First, Felk, I need to go over some movies. So Four of them. Opening night, I saw The New Mutants, but we're not going to do a spoiler cast about it because... We believe it is inappropriate to do spoiler casts right now and let people and encourage people to go back into movie theaters. So we're not going to talk about the new mutants. I,
0: no, 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 I, I want to encourage people to go back into movie theaters. If you can go see <laughs> no, the new mutants, we are not go, encouraging. Go go, go, we're go, not encouraging people to go back into movies. Sit, sit there, lick the fucking handles, lick, lick everything you can. Touch stuff. Oh, take off your mask after the movie starts. Fuck. I, I, I don't want to do a new mutant spoiler cast. A because I don't want you to spoil it for me. B because I'm not going to see it until I can see it in a proper movie theater environment uh would be that digitally at home or in an actual theater if it's still playing when california theaters open so uh but it's region discriminatory to think we can do any spoiler casts or anything. It's quarantine not.
1: zones. It's like it's like
0: Last of Us. We're not in the quarantine zone that has movie theaters. Yeah, and I don't want to discriminate from those outside the, the uh or inside the zone. Well,
1: I did see it, and I'm not gonna give my rating. I will wait until an actual spoiler cast
0: episode, which we will have at some point. You can you can give your rating. I don't know. That's up to you.
1: Oh, and I'm not gonna give it. Uh no, I'll wait. But um
0: Is it I, the I worst say mo- X-Men movie? I just hang on. I just <laughs> wanna
1: say about New Mutants, the movie I saw, not you, is that I'm excited that it actually did come out and that's about it. (laughs) Like I was excited that I actually did see a movie that was called the new mutants and it was happening in front of me.
0: That's it. There's no more excitement. Read from that. What you will. All right. My question uh, was, is it the worst X-Men movie? Oh, definitely not. Okay.
1: And because of that, and because of that, it's the Ant-Man and Wasp of the X-Men franchise. It's, it's, it's not bad. It's not great. It's just, it it, it works uh, as a movie onto itself. It doesn't have anything that's so horrible about it that it lasts forever in your memory, like X-Men Origins Wolverine. And it's not something that's super amazing like X2, where you're like, that's one of the best comic book films ever made still. So much rape on that set. By a rapist. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, moving on, Mulan came out on Disney Plus, and I currently did not buy it on Disney Plus because I'm in a war with my older brother. Um, he wants to have access to my Disney Plus, and I told him then he has to pay for Mulan. So I've given him access to Disney Plus, but he has yet to pay for Mulan. So I am not buying Mulan until he buys it doesn't
0: not the, the math doesn't work out there. Disney Plus is $6 or $7 a month, right? I don't know. My point is he can get four months of Disney Plus for the price that you're asking him to pay for a free membership of Disney Plus. Which, which has, I'm assuming it end dates at some point, which in which you change your password.
1: Yeah. Well, see, here's the thing about my older brother. Just like we did to Nolan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which you brought up recently in our text thread. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, the thing about Mulan and my older brother is my older brother is not a, uh, a seven-year-old child who's desperately wanting to see Mulan. And he can wait. And so I'm playing the waiting game with him. But meanwhile, I have many, many different, you know, Sisyphean tasks to handle here when children come up to me and they're like, I want to watch Mulan. I want to watch Mulan. And on top of that, my yeah. older brother doesn't have a spoiler cast podcast
0: that he likes to do sometimes. So, well, you could, I mean, we could do a spoiler cast for Mulan. I don't, I mean, I, it's not like there's a debate I over, would. I don't, I don't want to, I'm not paying fucking $30. So I'll just let you spoil it for me. Cause I don't give a shit.
1: <laughs> I think, I think cool boy, Justin would, uh, Justin is hard. Excuse me. Yeah. Full name there. Um, I think he would be part of that spoiler cast easily. Has he seen it? Wait, have you seen Mulan? I'm confused. No, no. I just know Justin and I both share, you know, a love for Mulan. Okay.
0: Have you seen Mulan or not? Then you haven't. The original? No, the the, the thirty dollars Disney Plus. No, I'm not. no. Have
1: you not been paying attention? My older brother won't pay for it yet, so I've not seen
0: it. It just it, it was phrased as though this was this was a mini review of all these movies. I didn't realize some of these movies you've seen and some you have haven't seen.
1: No, no, oh no, no, no. It's not phrased that way. It's this "Cool Boy Update Ballard." Dot dot, uh, dot And, and then it some movie, four titles. movie titles. Yeah. Yeah, just movie titles. Bill and Ted face the music. I wanted to ask you, Felk. Yeah. Do you want to actually do that as a spoiler cast coming up? Soon? How much is
0: it? I don't. I didn't check.
1: I think it's like thirty bucks. Or yeah, say, I, well, none of the
0: it's not it can't be thirty because $30 is the dick move. Look it up, look it up, look it up real quick. Because what is it? It's uh, it's on iTunes, I think, right? I'm not going to. I I I think uh, uh, Tim Apple is, uh, has enough money. I, I'm going to go Tim to Amazon Apple. and give to a, a good worthy charity. <laughs> My best friend Tim Apple. It's twenty dollars, nineteen ninety nine. What do you think? You want to do that? It's. It, I mean, I want to see it, but I don't like knowing that it's going to be five dollars or six dollars to rent in like a month i can wait you know but then i guess we have a fucking podcast so that would be relevant content for the time being i don't know if you if you if you do it you want to do it i'll, I'll do it but because okay, I, I think we'll do it because because we've never really dug in i mean we talked about them but we never dug into the first two and that's a popular nope. thing to do we probably should be doing it this week rather than Talking about euphoria, but whatever. (laughs) No, no, no.
1: We're talking about something very popular and very topical euphoria. But the Bill and Ted thing I thought was really interesting. And mostly, um, I didn't know anything about uh, Excellent Adventure or Bogus Journey. I had seen them as a kid when they came out, but like I didn't really dive into them. I'm a huge fan of Bogus Journey. Having watched Red Letter Media's review of
0: it with uh, Jay and Mike,
1: I was blown away about some of the uh, little information they had about uh, Excellent Adventure specifically.
0: Did you watch the half in the bag about part three?
1: I have not because I haven't watched it yet. I haven't seen the movie. I want to. I don't do the half in the bags until I see the movie.
0: They they, they do a spoilers and I I it's like skip to here for to avoid spoilers. So I did, I just did that. Okay. And it was what they think. It was uh, Jay and uh, Rich, uh, and they they liked it. It was the review is they didn't totally fuck it up basically.
1: Oh, nice. Well, it was original creative team and yeah, very interesting. Okay, and then um, last thing, Angel Has fallen. Yeah, I don't know why that's on there. Dude, I got into a kick, and I re-watched Olympus Has Fallen, London Has Fallen, just to get me ready for Angel Has Fallen. Holy shit, I love these movies with whatever it is, Secret Agent and Mike Banning. It's amazing. They are the best movies. Angel Has Fallen is exactly everything I wanted in a Gerard Butler action thriller, and that's what these are over and over and over again, are these amazing Gerard Butler action thriller vehicles. Geostorm, again, loved it. Gods of Egypt, again, I loved it. I can't wait for Greenland to finally come out if it ever comes out and movie theaters ever open again. But give me Gerard uh, Butler all day. I just realized I have a major crush on Gerard
0: Butler. I really hope we buy Greenland. <laughs> the United States. Greenland.
1: We're not buying it. They they turned down the, the purchase many a times.
0: That was pre COVID. That was pre that was in the pre COVID economy. We'll see. You no, know,
1: in Greenland it's um there's a there's a giant crater that's been coming. Uh, oh, aliens? Of, uh, are you talking uh, about aliens now? No, this is not aliens. It's a giant crater that's coming to the surface because the ice is melting around it. And what we're realizing is a bunch of megafauna uh, died off about 10,000 be- 10, years ago. Yeah, And we don't know exactly why. And we also have a feeling... Humans hunted them to death. <laughs> we-, and we have a feeling that um, civilizations were much more powerful and stronger and more intellectual uh, about 10,000 years ago, even 6,000 years ago. Um, it was- which is not something we tended to believe until more recently it's a lot to do with the sphinx but this um okay. uh, crater they found in greenland what they believe is it might be the, the impact crater of the asteroid that actually did an extinction event t- ten thousand years ago that wiped out most of the megafauna on this planet along with some major human civilizations especially some of the ones that existed in north america and that's why north america to settlers 500 years ago 600 years ago 800 years ago was barren because it was a brand new regrowing land that had been practically wiped clean by this massive explosion caused by this uh,
0: meteor. A cogent and relevant review of Angel Has Fallen.
1: (laughs) And that meteor was Angel, Gerard Butler. But Greenland, I'm really excited about Greenland.
0: I haven't seen any of those movies. Also, I haven't seen the other ones. Um, Felk, if I gave those movies to you for free, would you watch them? Do you have them in good quality? Yes, sir. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, you can give it to me and I'll add them to my ever growing digital collection and maybe I'll watch them. Let's do a has
1: fallen spoiler cast for
0: all three movies no. instead of Bill and Ted. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I keep trying to watch things like I'm going to re- I'm going fi- to finally watch all the Fast and the Furious. I've seen up to five. And I I watch like one and I I start two and I'm like, yeah, I don't fucking want to do this. And then I'm like, I'm going to watch every fucking Friday the 13th. I get to like part two and I'm like, this is stupid. He still doesn't have a fucking hockey mask.
1: Oh, but three and four are the best.
0: I I do not think I will be able to commit, even though it's just a trilogy. Well, for now, just watch four. Just watch four when it comes to Friday the 13th, though. Okay. Uh, well, I'm giving up on all these things. Got to watch Euphoria season two. Well, if it comes out ever, <laughs>
1: if they can film it, I don't think they can film a a show like Euphoria with COVID. That's for sure. Or anything really. CGI sex scenes, CGI drug scenes.
0: Yeah, well, there already are those things in the show, probably. Uh, CGI
1: right. party sequences and dances.
0: All right, we're segueing. Is, is this is a good time to to move on to our cool boy show topic. This episode, we will be <laughs> stunting like my daddy, and that's <gasps> the second episode, and discussing euphoria season one so there will be no room for heteronormativity in here no let's get right into euphoria (laughs) and all the euphoric spoilers it has given us it's time for spoilers cool cool so cool ain't it cool Ah!
1: Sizzle.
0: That's our show topic. We were, we, uh, indeed, we watched Euphoria. Well, I watched Euphoria season one a year ago, and then I, uh, ranted uh, on it and I, you know, just did some of that rant at the beginning of this episode, I guess. Summarizing what I said, I said it was the most arrogant show I've ever seen. It was the first time that I'd ever seen depth of field be too shallow to a point where it's distracting. And I also commented on the fact that, like, it's fascinating because I cannot figure out who it's for, what audience is for, why HBO made it and what s- sense of the like, the world that the creator, namely Sam Levinson, has that like he can be this confused about normal behavior. He doesn't seem to know how straight people work, probably doesn't know how gay people work, doesn't know how personality disorders work, thinks that everything's <laughs> BPD and, and also – doesn't seem to know how blackmail works or how laws work. I was just so, I had so many questions and significantly I had no one to talk to about those questions (laughs) because of course uh, no one I knew had seen euphoria or wanted to see euphoria. I only watched the first episode because I was so vexed by what it was. And then, you know, I, I obviously had to keep going. Uh, But now, you know, basically this episode is to me, it's like, I'm um, Ray Fines and you're Philip Seymour Hoffman, and I've got you in a chair, and I'm I'm showing you episodes of Euphoria, going like, Do you see? Yeah. And I'm glued to the I'm glued to the chair. This is episode two <laughs> of Euphoria. Do you see? Do <laughs> you understand now why I was so confused? Because you're the red dragon? <laughs> no, because Euphoria is a fucking baffling show. Like it's, it's kind of like um, the room and like like only an alien could have made this show.
1: By the way, you say Ray Fiennes is fine and everything. You're you choosing the Brett Ratner version. But personally, I like Tom Noonan's version yeah. of uh, of the Tooth Fairy. The scene's the exact same, yeah. Yeah, but it, it's, it's, it's incredible. It's, it's so, so fucked up and so violent. Um, let's get back a little bit, all right? Yeah. Let's, t- let's get back a little bit to the year 2012. And let's talk about a series that was released in Israel, an Israeli TV series called Euphoria. Yeah. <laughs> this TV show was created by Ron Leshem, Lachem, and directed by Daphne Levine, and um, it was broadcast on Hot 3. Everyone loves channel Hot 3 in yeah. Israel, I guess. Anyways, the series followed a group of 17-year-olds, just like our show does in HBO. But um, the one thing that I found really interesting that I did a little research about Euphoria, very, very little research, I didn't want to waste too much time, was that the adults in the TV series, the Israeli TV series, very rarely appear on camera, and or on, uh, in the scene at all. And when they were on camera, they were filmed at an angle so to, to not show their faces. This was like peanuts. Yeah, I was just thinking like
0: peanuts. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Can you imagine? It would have worked if you're all drugged out of your mind. You're just listening to an adult. Whoa, 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 I don't know like, wow. how
0: similar it is. I mean, I know that th- there's an Israeli version of the show. Um, yep. It's in whatever language. Possibly English <laughs> that Israeli TV is primarily put in. Israeli. They don't speak Hebrew, do they? <laughs> I'm sure they do. Um,
1: the, the show, though, for HBO was also uh, produced, though, by the same uh, creative team from the Israeli TV series from Hot 3. Yeah. And uh, brought over to HBO by uh, Sam Levinson. I looked into Sam Levinson's IMDb after
0: watching the show. Yeah, he made a be movie like- called Assassination Nation. I I don't know what
1: any of these movies are. And I was like immediately as soon as I was looking at his IMDb page, I was like, I don't care. (laughs) I don't care about any of these movies you made.
0: No, no, no. Because they didn't have anybody. I mean, this show is getting attention because I mean, I just kind of viewed it as like the weird people on his movie. I mean, his movies like I thought De Niro was in one of his films or something. I I don't know. I didn't look into it. I I don't really care. I don't want to see anything else this person has done. Euphoria is enough for me to deal with right now. So um, let's get into HBO's Euphoria by
1: Sam Levinson. Um, But first, Felk, let's do our boys. Uh, Oh, all right. So Felk, what are your boys for Euphoria?
0: The Israeli show? No, no, no. We didn't. We didn't watch that. No. <laughs>
1: Just I'll
0: going to love it. <laughs> I'll going to like it. Um, uh, the Israeli version. Uh, I don't know what the. F- I, I can't use a fucking numerical like rating scale for Euphoria. Are you kidding me? You have to. I, I two and a half. It's it, it's right in the middle. I don't know how else to fucking d- deal with it. Very okay. Two and a half. Okay. So perfect. There is cinematography and filmmaking that like. Blew me away, and I was like, how the fuck did they they do this on an HBO budget? Like, how do they make the camera do the things they make the camera do? And, and at the same time, I'm like, how the fuck did this person – like not understand the basic fundamentals of crime and blackmail, like Hmm. that they're so confused. How how does this person walk around functioning, thinking that like every white male is a sociopath and and rapist and every person of color and or female and or trans are, are flawed and beautiful, but also flawed, but also beautiful. And it's like, it's really, it just, (laughs) it just confused me. I get used use fucking numbers 2.5. 2.5.
1: 2.5. Um, I want to give uh, the Israeli Euphoria Gotta Have It, okay. just for the peanuts effect. I think that's the best part I ever read about that series. I, otherwise, I, yeah, I didn't really care. Um, and I didn't really care about this series uh, either. <laughs> I literally watched it because Felk was like, you know, I really wanted to talk to somebody about this, as you said, and I am a man of my word. And I said on an episode, I said, sure, I'll do it. And, <laughs> and then I started an episode and, and then I took like a few weeks off.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> how far did you get?
1: Um, but I would say my my cis boys assigned male at birth. I would give this uh, show is five out of five.
0: What is your like? I mean, uh, I guess I, like I already gave a speech on how numbers and ratings are meaningless in this in this world. Uh, but uh, is that real? Is that so sarcastic? What, what do you what do you what would your actual review? One four
1: no it's not one it's, it's it's here's the thing i i can really get behind incredibly atmospheric uh uh filmmaking uh yes cinema so like for me nicholas winding refin yeah. is huge right this, like, this film re- has
0: yeah this show ha- uses the the neon demon aesthetic at every fucking high school party for sure
1: or not just high school parties, for your closet.
0: Yeah, for every every room, basically. <laughs> your
1: closet is, is incredibly lit.
0: Going to bed, there's a flashing purple light, the flashing blue
1: light, yeah. for no reason. I love them. Oh, I love them. <laughs> or I, or I, I love the camera whip, the, the dolly camera whip shot that they just overdid, overdid, overdid. Yeah. But for me, it's just this the show, it, it worked on what they were trying to do. It was a fantasy. It was definitely not anything real. It was so superficial at heart. Uh, like the kids, like the characters. Yeah. Um. It was kind of like, it kind of felt like that to me. Like it was like, okay, this is vapid.
0: Okay. That's how you dealt. That's how you perceived it. I don't think that's exactly. true. I think that this director thinks he is making, this is what the kids are today. Man. This is <laughs> real. This is real high school. This is real world, man. People are trans. People yeah. have anger issues. Every, every single person is confused about their sexuality. It felt authentic. Are they into boys or the girls? What are they? <laughs> <laughs> it felt so authentic to me. <laughs> I, I, I like, I like, all right. And, um, it was fucking 25 years ago. Uh, Larry Larry Clark's film Kids. You've seen that. You remember that that show. I love Kids. That whole thing was like because I saw that film like more or less the year after it came out when it was on HBO and it was like a special presentation and they had like interviews and stuff before it and I I had to watch it like because I was just like oh you know I'm I'm 14 or I want to find out like what's going on but and I saw it I'm like I don't think there's any kids really doing any of that shit (laughs) like I didn't I didn't buy it but I also thought that like. Uh, it was Harmony Corinne who wrote it. I like one of the worst, most overrated people in the history of cinema. I think he was trying to be like, this is, this is my real life, man. Like, yeah, condensed like a year of events into like, you know, two, like 90 minutes, but that's what movies do. That's real, man. I fucking beat some guy with a skateboard once. I think that this is what uh, um, this filmmaker, Sam Levinson is, is doing the same thing. But it's just like, I'll overly stylize it. But like, I think he thinks mm-hmm. that these are real concerns because like the real world keeps creeping in like the opening, like opening montage, which is the most arrogant thing I've ever seen where it starts with Zendaya's character, Rue. As a baby, but she had mm. to get born and being born is bad. And guess what just happened three days ago? And also 20 years or 19 years ago in real life, 9-11. Uh, yeah. and, and there's like nine. It's, it's like 9-11. And then she's like 9-11 today. Right. right as we're recording. I know. And then we, then she's like the, the, the montage goes through like school shooting drills and like the 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 horrible oppressive world that our youths have to live in the world of fucking cis heteronormatively and and gender normativity and you know like they're all just fucking queer trying to break out of this mold and everybody's fucking a sociopath i think this person does not think they're making a fantasy the only fantasy element is the stylization and, and the depiction.
1: I think it's definitely got some fantasy elements added to it that are very overt. Uh, and, and those are the moments that make me wonder. There's no
0: ghosts. There's no dragons. I mean,
1: <laughs> no, but there's a the whole point where like later, uh, we're. I, I kind of want to follow the show a little bit by uh, ep- episodically sure, a little bit yeah. by episode, but, um, I, I want I want to at least talk about something that happened way later in the series. Then the detective drama when when essentially Zendaya becomes William Somerset,
0: yeah, detective William Somerset from the Seven, right? Morgan Freeman she- intercut with her being depressed. So I didn't know like what timeline that was happening in. Also, if that was real or not. You're right. There are some there are some like fantasy elements because there's also the yep. the dick pic montage. All right, that's yeah, but I, that's just a, a narrative device. I'm talking about like the idea of like this is what what happens at a normal high school. <laughs> it's like, right. that that's what I think is where the disconnect between reality and the uh, people who greenlit this film at, at, uh, at HBO and a 24 is involved in this. They've made great films. Yeah. And that, I mean, Oh
1: dude. Oh my God. When I found out a 24 was involved, I was even more excited, honestly. an executive
0: um, producer Drake.
1: <laughs> yeah. Drake. Yep. Uh, I don't, I don't give a fuck about anything about that Drake does, but whatever. Um, I don't. I'm. I'm so against Drake. It's just like he's. He's so Degrassi to me. It's like give me a break. You're not hard. But um, the the thing. I I I, I, I want so, Drake to murder
0: my pussy. <laughs> you do. Or oh. vagi- vagina. My murder my vagina.
1: The thing about uh, Euphoria to me is very much uh, it's it's over sensationalized content. Yeah. And I think that's on purpose. And everyone is like turned up to eleven because everybody is. Needs to be a caricature at the same time, a character. But what I liked about it was even though these caricatures are turned up to 11, the characters are portrayed well by the actors. Yeah. And you see their flaws and you see the dichotomy in their choices.
0: A lot of, I mean, the performances are in- extremely good, not just Zendaya. They are. Um, but yeah, just like all these people I'd never heard of before, the the, the guy who plays Nate uh he is a he's very good in that role. That role makes no sense to a sane person, like me. But uh, he he's good in portraying this insane, impossible character.
1: Yes, he is, and, and he's he's fascinating. Just like watching uh, Homelander and the boys, where it's just like you're like, wow, you're so fucking much a villain, but you're not like a villain like. Tony Soprano where I'm, I like you no
0: he's just a scary villain
1: and you're a villain and I'm conflicted by the fact that you're a villain it's like oh my god you're a fucking dark person like yeah. you're fucked up um, but the show is is fucked up and it does go way too far but
0: it wants you to feel sympathy for Nate too up to a certain degree
1: Oh, for sure. Everyone. Everyone is three dimensional in the show. Yeah. Everybody has a moment where even Nate's father, there's points where you're like, uh-oh, in a normal story, he's going to kill, you know, uh, Hunter Schaefer's character. Uh, I thought the
0: reveal was, was going to be that Nate's father molested him as a kid, but then that Right, it,
1: or something like that, right? It, it, it doesn't, doesn't go mean, that way, I don't think. I think. Nope. Or, you, there's a, or there's a point where you're like, oh, here's Nate and Cal going to, you know, Nate's dad, are going to stand off in Nate's bedroom. This is going to turn out real bad, just like it did for Ralphie and Tony to bring up another HBO show. And It doesn't. It just turns into a fight that breaks up real fast and then a a temper tantrum and the dad goes to his office and it's kind of like, oh, well, that's kind of realistic. And it's like all these moments where like even when um, Jules, uh, when she goes to confront Cal at the chili cook-off, she's like – She's like, don't worry, I'm not going to fuck with you. Like, I don't want to fuck with you. My goal here is not to fuck with yeah. you. And it's like, that's real. Like, not everybody is a fucking housewife from n- New Jersey that wants to fucking do something. Uh,
0: yeah, exactly. Desperate Housewives is a g- is a very good thing to mention because, like, yeah, that that's a show that also meshes real with fantasy. And maybe your perspective is helping me grasp this world. You're you're kind of convincing me that maybe there is intentional fantasy. Now, I don't think there's fantasy think so. in terms of the gender, ide- gender dysphoria or... The the idea that everybody has some kind of emotional problem, Mm -hmm. like almost all these characters do, except the one played by Judd Apatow's daughter. Um, Yeah, Maude. Yeah, so like every other character's... Lexi, her character's name was Lexi. Oh, yeah, another thing. Like, I think this director really does think... All right, if you buy into all of wokeness, and this show is... Woke as fuck. Like wokeness, the show. It's it's basically trying to make a show out of wokeness. But just is it so woke that it's kind
1: of like people that are really really woke would look at this and go, oh, it's disgusting propaganda. M-
0: maybe, but I, I, it's it's wokeness without all the stuff that it's usually associated with, which is like socialism. <laughs> it's it's just it, like that's always the end goal of fucking wokeness in in the real world. But this is just wokeness for like for like the gender identity, like trying to make drama out of it as if that was was real. But like this is a person who. Yeah, if you if you uh, believe what you read you'd think that all fraternities are just misogynistic homophobic but also homoerotic rape factories that's what fraternities are and right. regular fraternity hazing is a bunch of frat your your uh, you know frat brothers coming into a pledge I, they what strip him fucking naked and like fake rape him.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. He's already having sex. With yeah. He's already having sex with the and girl. The, yeah. And they come into his dorm room and they pull him off of her. And then they all like fake rape him. Yeah. They all hump him. They dry hump him, but naked, they dry hump him nude, which yeah. isn't really dry humping. It's just humping.
0: And, and you know, 19 years before this, this world, when fraternities would have even been by this person's logic, I assume, by this shows logic being even worse uh, because that was a pre moot me too world. You know, I, I was in a fraternity and my hazing once I got like a question wrong when I was being quizzed and they're like, all right, do 10 pushups. And then another fraternity guy was like, we can't make them do pushups. That's against the rule. And I'm like, I can yeah. do 10 pushups. What the fuck is this?
1: Yeah, I think the worst thing I got hazed. Uh, I also was in fraternity. Uh, the worst thing I got hazed was was crab walk to Seven Eleven and go buy us some drinks and That's just funny. And and, and 7 Eleven was maybe 200 yards away. So I had a crab walk downhill 200 yards. It was a pain in the ass, but it wasn't like, it wasn't. They didn't rape
0: you. (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't being
1: like mock
0: raped. But like, I do think that this this, person, the perspective of the filmmaker is like, that that's not super fantasy, that that's something that does happen at college. And it doesn't.
1: It, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, right? It just doesn't happen all the time, but there are like, there's a the bad apples in the bunch and a bad apple in a bunch. If it's not taken out, ruins the bunch. This whole show is about a bunch of bunch of bad apples and ba- and a bunch of bunches. It's not
0: just, it's not just bad though. It's, it's weirdly, it's like weirdly gender and and, and sexuality, uh, uh, like and homoerotic. <gasps> the, oh, the first episode, the first episode, dudes don't pregame for a party. By sitting arm to arm, shirtless on a couch, swilling beer, and be like, "Yeah, that chick's a whore." He's like, "What? Like, why would they be shirtless? Why were they all shirtless in that scene?" That was the first episode.
1: I I actually know lots of people that would do. That.
0: I don't, man. I didn't go to that college or
1: high school. Felk, they were shirtless all the time. You know why they were shirtless? This is this is this is a quote. They were shirtless so you could see their muscles. But they're just all men. <laughs> yeah, but Felk. <laughs> this was a mindset <laughs> amongst a, a certain group and that asses
0: early. muscles. We're
1: sure, we're, to, we're topless, so you can see our muscles. This ho- this whole show, I, I figured it out by the time the show ended. I really figured it out. Okay? Uh, please, I, I never did. <laughs> oh, Phil, this is why I gave it five out of five boys. So this whole show sits on the foundation of, of music. It's some of the it's some of the best. Yeah. Music choices I've ever heard from music supervisor. There, there are moments where I'm like Bronski Beat, Small Town Boys in this. What the fuck? Joywave, tongues is in this. Like some songs that I love. There's
0: there's music from the 50s too. There's like old music too.
1: There's and there's like there's some really good classics in there too. There's moments where like Zendaya is singing with her family, like after she gets home from the hospital from uh, from her overdose, and it's like this beautiful moment with her family. But I'm watching all this awesome music amongst all this really intense imagery, right, and all this, like, atmospheric and superficial, like, lighting and camera moves. And I'm thinking to myself, if you just simply replace this awesome soundtrack with Unsolved Mysteries music and it's immediately propaganda for Biden's America, like, it's immediately, like, what Trump could be showing, like, this is what could happen to your family and just show, like, all these people. Yeah, no, this is – this is, like – this is why you need to vote Trump. The, the <laughs> this fucking TV is, show. It's really weird. Why.
0: If you don't, if you don't vote Trump, euphoria will come true in your neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, all your kids will be transgender and or drug addicts. It's like, okay, well, I guess I won't vote for Biden.
1: Hey, no hetero- heteronormativity here, Felk. Right. No. Okay, let's go through this real quick. It's easy
0: to go through the episodes because each episode is specific to kind of a character in the opening. and
1: and a theme and a theme. One of the things I noticed right away was every episode was very very specific to a character and a theme that yeah. dealt with that character. But everyone in that episode kind of fell into that theme. It's kind of like
0: Lost. <laughs> it
1: is kind of like Lost, or or uh, yeah, because it's like thematic television, but yeah. and it's character driven. So. What interested me, though, was the first episode simply called Pilot. Yeah, that's weird. And that's because it's a fucking pilot. Yeah. But a sh- series like this? Yeah. Having to need a pilot to be able to get greenlit to become a full show?
0: I hate that when a show has like it's like a, like a theme for all its episode titles, uh, like Breaking Bad does, and then it's like the first episode just called Pilot. I'm like, eh, that's, yeah, that's not good. Yeah, it's <laughs> the, a little get, weird. You yeah. can name pilots, I think.
1: Well, they tend to like to leave it as pilot and I don't know why the reason that there is a whole reason to the this this thought process. But but,
0: HBO doesn't do that. Like HBO doesn't pick up pilots. Don't they don't they green light It does sometimes. Game of Thrones was a pilot. But how can you and They had to
1: reshoot the pilot? But Game But HBO, how can you do that?
0: Like Zendaya is in every, like every fucking movie coming out for the next like year. Yep. Like she, she's in the next Spider-Man. She's in Dune. She's in everything. Like obviously they have to like shoot around her schedule. So they have to know if they're committing to one episode or 10 or eight.
1: Yeah. I don't know if this was a reshot pilot, but I know HBO reshoots most of their pilots. That's they do. true. Like that's they'll, true. Yeah. They'll pick it up and then they'll go, let's reshoot the shit. A lot of Game of Thrones, the first episode, you'll notice Ned has greased back wet hair, and then a lot of scenes Ned has just normal hair. The greased wet back hair is specifically from the pilot. Yeah,
0: but this, but like Zendaya is the star. Like they they probably had her oh for sure locked in because like the whole show rests around her.
1: She's the money maker. She's the reason you tune in. That's why her face is on the cover. Yeah, but Hunter Schaefer and uh, and uh jacob El- Elordi, yeah. those are the two real stars from this yeah. i thought that really came out of it nate and jules yeah i, I was really blown away by them and then um i actually really
0: like Al- algy smith and like the other ones aren't so good
1: <laughs> well Algie smith is really good you know we were talking about black panther uh last week oh yeah um, he was another person yeah. that i thought would be actually a good black panther but he's too young he's too young yeah yeah because he's great in Detroit. Um, he's really good in The Hate You Give.
0: I didn't know he's in other things. Uh, that's he, uh, a, but uh,
1: this is, I think, his best role. I really liked him in Detroit, though. He actually played a, a real a real person in Detroit. It was mm. f- fucking amazing. Um, Detroit's wonderful. See, it's Catherine Bigelow. But uh, no, no. Zendaya is is what the whole show leans on and it's her narration that sells it like
0: you sort of it's also it's also kind of annoying because like really it's so it's so monotone and so like everything sucks Uh, she reminded me of like the goth kids from South Park.
1: totally the god kiss herself Park, but i needed that from a narrator like i kind of like her deadpan delivery of everything because like when you when you listen to a narrator with emotion it makes it weird like it, it it's also really hit or miss with vo because
0: she, she kind of does a fight club narration honestly
1: she does she has like edward norton's she also has like kind of like clive owens uh narration from sin city bruce willis has the worst vo narrator voice ever in it for sin city and he does it so deadpan but it just doesn't work. But I really liked what Zendaya did with this, and I like no. the way her character would would be in a scene and talking as the narrator, and then everyone else would not even notice her in that moment. I just I like the way even she brought in other characters into the narration, like she brought in Lexi for the detective scene, where she's like Lexi all of a sudden joined that fantasy of of a detective drama, and they're both kind of playing off each other as cops. Um, that was cool. Like, I, I really like the way they, they did that kind of that shit for the show. Yeah,
0: I mean, it also grounds the uh, explicit nature of the show because the show totally often does things where I'm like, I didn't know shows could like HBO could show an erect penis, like they, but they did. Like, That's whoa! A big like, deal. I didn't. I, I thought you, Cox had to be soft by like yep. MPA or whatever standards, but like, but having having the having like a Marvel Cinematic Universe star was like well i I mean it gives it a little bit of legitimacy obviously the fact that in the same shot in the same
1: shot with the erect penis like literally she shared the shot with the erect penis didn't she it was up on the screen wasn't it like on the projector
0: yeah i mean it's like right behind her (laughs) it was like a montage of them so
1: yeah and it was a whole talk uh, about dick pics and stuff like that um they they had like uh i think i read this in the Hollywood reporter like Almost thirty odd penises in one scene or in one episode alone. and in episode two, Nate's episode where he talks about him in the locker room and yeah. all the new
0: dicks around him. those are live action dicks, yeah, dicks
1: <laughs> that song, by the way, is like one of my fucking all-time favorite songs ever. It's called Nate has Grown Up. And it's by Labyrinth, who is the uh, composer for the uh, series, um also a pop star that like knows Simon Cowell and all that shit. But like, he did such a great job with the music for this series because that song Nate has grown up has been something that my kids request to play like they've not seen Euphoria they don't know anything about Euphoria (laughs) yeah yeah, I assume they heard that song and they want to just dance to it
0: the song goes oh do 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 oh do, do you know that one where the O's? Yeah, I didn't recognize the song, I, but obviously it's a hit. <laughs> I didn't know. Well,
1: it, it's it's it'll be the uh, it'll be the opening theme song for this episode. Okay. But um, it, it that song like made that whole montage so amazing that when I saw all those flaccid dicks bouncing in the locker room, I was laughing all right. my ass off. I'm like, this show was made for me.
0: This show was made for me. This is one of my first questions what is Nate (laughs) like is so is Nate gay yes because like his whole I I, I, based on Zendaya's narration he knows he doesn't like boys but he doesn't really like girls that much either so maybe he's asexual
1: she's talking I think she's talking about Nate, from a persona that he tells himself that he is in the in the opening. That's in episode two. Yeah, well,
0: that's another thing. That's another question I have. Is Zendaya's narrator omniscient, or is it just what she has, like her, she her is. perspective? She's both. But sometimes she knows everything. Like she she knows what's going on.
1: Yeah, she knows everything because she knows about what happened before she was born. Nine eleven right? Like she knows about like how her parents like were acting of the time of her pregnancy or labor and all that stuff. Yeah, I guess maybe she, she knows did. things about before she was born, but like she is on the, She is, she is, she is God essentially. But at the same time, she's also, she's fallible, right? She does make mistakes and she doesn't know everything like the whole, Point of the detective moment is that she doesn't know everything, and that she's figuring it all out, even though she's a fucking genius as she calls herself multiple times. Yeah, that genius, that, genius.
0: that segment, I didn't. So I rewatched up to episode six, and that that segments in uh, seven episode seven, which is I think the worst episode. I hated that episode.
1: I I, I would agree. Yeah, I don't think seven was uh, the best, and I um I liked eight, but eight even I thought wasn't even that great. I thought the series was a, was strongest one through six, honestly. Yeah, well,
0: I, the fourth one is an episode where I was just like, that's where it started to like hit me like like I hate the show, but do I also like the show? Mm-hmm. It, it was, I, it was confusing me because like there, were like that fourth episode was so fluid. Like the camera was just constantly like flowing in and out of scenes, and everything was. Yep. There was so much drama, and I was like, I, I, I was like, what's gonna happen to fucking all these characters? And but then of course the the sixth episode, in which it, it Halloween? just, yeah, the Halloween episode was where I was just like, this show's interesting, but it's also stupid. <laughs> Well, the
1: fourth episode, just to give it a little bit more context for carnival, anyone listening,
0: yeah. it's the carnival episode, yeah. Um,
1: and it, it's a, it's kind of like a bottle episode in a way. It's also uh, Hunter Schaefer's like, you know, standout episode for Jules. It's all about transitioning and how she's a transgender, or a, a trans woman, excuse me. But um, uh, one of the things I, I kind of wanted to get into as is, is these episodes is kind of like all the different things about it and like how <laughs> great they were. So like the pilot gets into addiction. Yes. And it's like talked. it really shows the kind of like everyone's addiction and it kind of uh, like really kind of harnesses it all around the idea of Zendaya's OD, but that's such violent imagery. But then to see her just so like cavalier, like give up like rehab, like she's just spent, you know, all this time in rehab and she's fresh back into school. and She's immediately hitting up Fezco. You kind of made me hate
0: the character. That's, that's the problem with the show is that I actually kind of hate Rue. Uh, she's the worst like person. Well, Nate's probably the worst person, but she's the worst like character we're supposed to care about.
1: But yeah, she 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 kind of comes in contact with Fesgo and Mouse, not Mouse, uh, ashtray. Is that the kid? And the kid, the kid's ashtray. Yeah.
0: That's another thing. It was like Fezco uh, yeah, is, a, is a good character. He's like the, the drug dealer at the heart of gold kind of thing. Yep. He's, he's complicated. But then he's got a a partner and or boss drug dealer who's a kid. And I just kept thinking of fucking RoboCop 2 because it's like it, it's that level of fucking this, this kid is like a professional gangster. Like this kid is
1: everything. The kid knows Bitcoin.
0: I know. like, like, <laughs> we've got
1: everything down. He's like, like so he,
0: can- he gives tattoos. And he's like, oh, I've done this so much. It's like he's like, hey, <laughs> like, what's happening? Yeah yeah
1: okay so i looked up the age of almost everybody in the cast and only uh what's her name uh storm reed who played gia bennett uh Ruse's sister, sisters and dea sister in the, in the show yeah and i think that boy ashtray are the only two members of the cast that are under, under 18. 18 everyone yeah. else is like 21 and over yeah for
0: legal reasons they have to be obviously <laughs>
1: But Ashray was was great. He was such a great character. He was so hard. I can't wait to see how that kid,
0: like, grows up. He reminded me you of get a- the ref- Do you get the RoboCop 2 reference? That, like, they kept reminding me of RoboCop 2. What, the kid? Yeah, there's a kid. RoboCop 2 has, like, a, a drug lord who's just a kid for no reason. He's just, like, a regular, like, 10-year-old kid, but he's, like, the, the crime boss villain of that movie.
1: Dude, I've never seen RoboCop 2. Oh,
0: i've only seen robocop spoiler cast robocop 2 coming up soon no way i am definitely not watching robocop 2 i heard it's horrible robocop 2 is awesome 2 is the worst erwin kirschner the director of empires the empire strikes back what yes erwin kirschner directed two. yes well i guess i do have to watch and and not officially but but definitely more or less written by frank miller Okay, so what, what?
1: Okay, this is what the only thing I remember beyond RoboCop, the first movie, because I love the first movie.
0: Well, it shouldn't get too far into RoboCop too. I was just referencing the fact that it, it also has a kid.
1: Um, is the trailer for three? Three's horrible. The trailer for three was the best thing ever because I think I saw it for some kids' movie. I went and saw it. Don't a kid. watch three. <laughs> and then I saw three, and he like pulls up in the trailer. I think it's, it's three. He pulls up in his black car in the trailer. Ah, And he has to, like, you know, like, end like some bad guy right away or whatever. It's Robocop. And as a kid, you're like, what? This is just like my friend's toy because my mom won't buy me that toy. I think it's equal quality to the
0: first Robocop. So
1: Robocop 2 is equal quality to the first Robocop.
0: Yes, yes. Wait, okay, RoboCop for me is five out of five boys, and I'm not even joking. RoboCop one and two are five out of five boys for me, and then three is like half a boy? <laughs> yeah, three is supposed to be horrible, really bad. Okay, wow. All right, let's get back to the fucking uh, Euphoria. It's taken a year, but I finally got to talk about Euphoria. So
1: we talked about the drug dealers. We talked about Ashtray. Uh, we didn't really talk much about Fezco. You said you really liked Fezco. Let me just say one thing about Fezco.
0: His name's Fez O'Neill. All right, now you tell me why you like Fesco. Fezco. So Number, much. Like, he's very calm. He like He's the only character who seems to like know what he is and has made peace with it uh and i, I just i like the performance too like he By angus cloud is that the actor yep he he seems like he has a, a like i've never seen this guy before and it's like i've never seen this character before it's unique and and that stuck with me um it, it is kind of weird that he's like he seems like be the only drug dealer for an entire school
1: no 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 he's just he's one specific one but just so you know Angus Cloud portrays Fezco exactly like drug dealers I knew in high school. <laughs> Not the ones I knew. And um, a lot of people have very many shades of real to me uh, from my own high school years. And um, obviously accentuated a lot for television. But Angus uh, Cloud's portrayal of Fezco is almost the only character I'm like, I, I know people exactly like that. Like, literally... Been to people's homes in shady fucking parts of town where you're not supposed to go if you're white kind of thing. And I've had cops that have literally pulled me over because they're like, you're white and you need to get out of here. And I'm like, oh, OK, but I have a friend here. And they're like, still, you're white and we're going to drive you out of here. <laughs> Your
0: friend Fesco. OK, that is that is the part. Like, So Fesco does. He just rings very true. But then there's the David Ayer fucking uh, criminal who, like, looks like he's going to rape Zendaya. Mouse. Mouse. That oh, that, that's the villain. Who gives her fentanyl? Which, by yeah. the way, oh, fentanyl's the best. I've never done fentanyl. I <laughs> certainly don't want to. <laughs> Apparently, just uh, different colored neon lights <laughs> up here everywhere, and your mascara runs. That's what is like, dude. Fentanyl fucked her. Have up. you done? Fe- <laughs> you want to talk about fentanyl? I don't have never done fentanyl. Fentanyl's the
1: best. Got to do it. All right. Got to yeah. do it every day. Um, My question still hasn't been answered. Is, is Nate gay? What is Nate? <laughs> No, okay. Well, let's get to Nate. Okay, let's move on from episode one. The pilot. Let's get into something like my daddy. Yes. Nate, played by Jacob E. Lordy. This episode is very strictly homoeroticism as the theme. Yeah. Um, I love this opening. I love this fucking whole opening. It just meshed. It was perfect editing. It was perfect cinematography going through the mirror. It was. All these shots of his mole on his chest as he's growing up. So you
0: just kept seeing this little kid growing to this this fucking score. I'm confused if Jacob Elordi actually has that mole and they said to add it to the kid actor, or maybe they, n- neither of them have the mole and and that was the mole is just a framing device.
1: You, I don't know. I I wonder. I have no idea. I, I okay. Here's the thing. I thought the first the foremost of what you just said, right?
0: Jacob Elordi, Elordi is dating Zendaya in real life right now. So uh, is he really? Yeah. So wow. Zendaya knows that the mole is real for sure she does
1: he he is clearly a, okay so um the, the guy that played joffrey i forget his name it's some big actor name but it, it's like a little kid now so you're like yeah. that doesn't make sense i forget his name but the real actor's name but the the kid who plays joffrey gleason is i amazing. think something
0: gleason he's, he's in batman begins of course he is yeah he's the except
1: with an american accent yeah um no one will believe i saw you everyone on set all the kids that work with him Say he's the coolest kid ever. He's awesome and amazing. They All all their hearts were broken after the Purple Wedding. Jack Gleeson. Jack Gleeson, yeah, okay. All their hearts were broken after the Purple Wedding when they knew that Joffrey was going to have to leave the series, you know, and – and, and like they loved him. They loved this actor. And so it makes sense when you get these great people who are very charismatic who can play horribly disgusting villains like Nate. Now, Nate is a villain for sure because he wants
0: to commit <laughs> yeah. murder. Nate's more complicated, honestly, than Joffrey is. Joffrey's just like a shit at all turns. But Jacob, like they try to give him depth and it's, Dude, it's weird. I don't know what they're going for. Joffrey killed Roz. Are you kidding me? He shot her with a crossbow. Joffrey's not cool. No, Joffrey's very bad. I'm saying he's, but I'm saying he's not a very complicated character. No, not at all. Well, no, he
1: doesn't have homoerotic tendencies like Nate does. Now, Nate, it's interesting. It's like, was it was it something that was something he explored further in himself because of his dad and the way his dad kind of like designed the CD like drawer that made it so enticing that, like, what's on these? And then when he watches them, he sees like his dad fucking women and men. Yes, and you got to think like, no, it's just men. It's just men, men. And, no, and, no, there's there's certain women in there. Uh, there's I thought there was one or two women that they show in the in the in the montage. Th-
0: those were all crossdressers or, or or trans women. Are they really supposed to be all of Well, them? they're on Grinder, so yeah.
1: Was everyone on Grinder? Okay, I thought he did some women and some. But um I really like Nate's drama. I like what Nate puts himself through. I like how the actor totally portrays this ma- 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 like malevolence but at the same time this kind of ignorance. <laughs> it's so weird because it's a child. Was
0: Nate actually in love with Jules during the whole ju- texting yes. with Jules thing and then he just came up with the idea to uh, blackmail her Pulped. just in case as a protection in case she ever came out against his father and then I think it's totally both I think it's 100% both
1: because like he, he, he fell in love with Jules as he was portraying a character named Tyler yeah but he was really himself finally for the first time. I mean, why else would he be like responding to her every few seconds and waking up?
0: So did he go on, on grinder just to find her? He wasn't interested in other men.
1: He did go after her. No, he hunted her for sure. Okay. Yeah. He went after her to to manipulate her. But I think in the process, he found some kind of euphoria in being able to express himself for real. But I don't think he's like, I I think Cassie says it really cleanly in the, in the series. And you've said this many times on the show. Um, uh, gay, you know, sexuality is a spectrum. It, you, you, you're not 100% gay. You're not 100% straight. It's somewhere in the middle. Now, granted, we took the straighter gay yeah. quiz.
0: Nate is not 100% straight, but he's- but
1: you took the 100% or you took the gay quiz. Noli took the gay quiz. I took the gay quiz, and I came out only 100% straight. <laughs> yes, is that true? But that's not true either because I'm not 100% straight. That's I'm just not. So
0: well, neither is Nate. I, I assume
1: no, no, but Nate Nate is somewhere like around like 66% gay like
0: 34% straight. No, he maybe? seems more straight than gay. Cause he, he, I mean, he has a unhealthy, but strong love of, for, for Maddie.
1: I think that's all portrayal. I think that's portrayal. He, he, okay. But he also has all trouble getting hard for her. He gets really aggressive with her and it's not him being aggressive with her. It's him being aggressive with himself. Through her as a, as a vessel for his own frustrations.
0: Wow, you 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 understood. I think the intentions of what was happening in Euphoria far more than I did. Then perhaps because <laughs> I was <laughs> baffled the entire time, and you're like, oh yeah, you have answers for all these things. I loved it. I thought it was a great show.
1: I actually thought it was a great show. I'm like, I'm like, the first time I, the pilot is hard to get through, but I didn't hate it. But when I got to something like my daddy episode two, I was like, oh, this show is fucking for me.
0: <laughs> it took the to the fourth episode where I was just like, how did they get all that bokeh? Everything's in Boca. like I was just every yeah they got all, all the Boca baby. I, yeah. I, I never really related to the characters. All right well here's a question uh, since we're on Nate and Jules to a certain degree. Uh, mm-hmm. the last time we reviewed a piece of media that had a trans character, which is the last of us part two uh, spoilers, yeah, uh, you didn't uh, you didn't know the character was trans. at what point in Euphoria did you figure out who the transgender character was and that she was transgender?
1: It was, I think, um, episode three where she tried to come. Uh, she talked about transitioning in front of Rue, but Rue cut her off, and she was like, and then there's another reference earlier where she's like, uh, text scene to Nate where she talks about, "Thank you for listening about me transitioning." Oh. And then, and I was like, "Oh shit!" She's- that long
0: because it's her her dicks in the first episode. I mean, through like the panties, and of course she's having sex on grinder with a gay man. I knew it then. <laughs> I knew it in the first episode.
1: Yeah, but see, at the same time, I thought that there were some women in there. Now, her dick's in her panties, but I just thought she had a Moundy. And, like, I didn't realize that that was supposed to be dick in the panties, honestly, at that point. Um, but it was episode three, I did realize it. And then there's episode fours where you get into her whole character. Um, but You couldn't
0: tell despite looking at her face, though?
1: Something was off. Yeah, like, I could tell a little bit, like, something was off for me. Like, I was just like, okay, you're, you remind me a lot of, like, a bunch of like kids i know boys yeah like like teenagers that i know like like cuz i hang out a lot around the school and i'm just kind of just like you know oh you look like people that's about it maybe i was like oh, do i recognize you no i really don't do that i have an ankle bracelet they won't let me near the school <laughs> okay. but uh episode 3 made you look where you find out really like pretty definitively about Jules I really like that episode too. That was about Cat.
0: You find out definitively in the first episode. It's very, it's very clear. I thought. Okay, well, again, it takes me a while. It took it. I went all of Last of Us without knowing. It, it took me. There, th- there was a fifty percent possibility I'd, I'd
1: ask you that, and you'd be like, "Which character's trans?" <laughs> I didn't yeah. Well, felt literally that would have been amazing if this was another time where I was discovering live on air <laughs> that another character was trans. Um, but Cat, the fat girl, played by Barbie Ferreira, uh, is all about camming. That episode is all about camming. It is an incredible origin story for a fucking successful
0: camming girl. I love everything about that episode. It really throws Pornhub under the bus, though, because it uses specifically Pornhub, but the character is supposed to be 16. Obviously, the actress is like 22, but uh, it just yeah. kind of says like, oh, yeah, Pornhub doesn't fucking do anything to prevent like uh, uh, illegal stuff being on their site. Uh, Pornhub works extremely hard and is like it verifies your driver's license before you can get a fucking gaming account. They're not spank bang. Check out Cool Boys on spank bang. Uh, <laughs> they, they do the most of any fucking streaming site. The, porn, Pornhub is the Netflix of porn and it has – probably just as big or bigger a fucking legal department, making sure that they are not fucking up uh, and, and getting, you know, all their profits seized from them. So... I, I didn't. I didn't like the fact that it had such a negative uh, implication about Pornhub, which is a fine American company. But
1: no, no, it was an accurate implication. So, yes, of course, like yeah, Pornhub has like you know legal teams and and standards and practices teams and all kinds of like you know uh, uh, they do great work fraudulent teams and all that type of stuff and and IT teams that are all focused around making sure that there's nothing like that showing up. But what they show in the show is an account posted it and then other accounts these like dummy accounts right or anonymous accounts i'm talking about
0: her her account for camming not the video that gets posted of her at the so bar.
1: i think that's possible that kids could be probably lying about that stuff but the way she also set it up was it looked like she was doing it more through skype calls and not through camming through like a camming service because she was having people call her through like her skype because it had the specific skype ring whenever she would like or at least the beginning well, of the and stuff.
0: she was getting paid with bitcoin which really isn't used for like porn hub camming or camming in general it's, it was a little over the, all over the place yeah, I don't know what oh, like like. I've never gotten in. I've never gotten into camming. I've never paid a girl to cam. I I, I don't see but the like, point. like, I'm not
1: even sure. Like, where I mean, the the show made Bitcoin seem like it was more accessible than I I I think it might be, and I don't re- know if Bitcoin is. is is so prevalent like that. I know Bitcoin's a big deal.
0: She has to go to the. She, well, the, the, isn't there a part where she has to go to the fucking drug dealer kid?
1: Yeah, she does. She goes to she goes to ashtray to actually get, to paid get out to, yeah, you know? to get her
0: money taken out, and he takes like a big cut. And like, well, can't you just yep. put it into a bank account? But maybe maybe she can't have a bank account. I
1: like though that they they didn't body shame and that it was a celebration of her body though. Like I thought that was a great part about that episode.
0: I cat I, is by far well Maddie or not no, Maddie the the big tits girl even though her tits Cassie. are fucking. Uh, yeah, even though fucking one of the best racks it's ever been on HBO, which is a high bar to begin with. uh, yeah. but, uh Roz. Roz for me, still. Uh, Roz is good. Kat was a pretty terrible character, and her, her plot line was the one I was the least interested about. And like I said, I, I for the rewatch to be fresh, I only got up to, to episode six. So I never got to the one where she gets involved with like the the Riddler (laughs) starts camming with her. Like he's you know, like the the voice from fucking Zodiac or whatever. Like Yeah,
1: and that's one episode and that's like that feels like now having watched the whole series because that never comes back, it feels like that was like season two setup or something.
0: It must be season two setup because it never like what the fuck was that?
1: I thought it was a kid. I thought it was another kid and they were hiding themselves because they didn't want to be like on like obvious like oh my god we want to record her but uh, we don't want her to know it's us. Like, uh, a bunch of um, uh, McKay's brothers, like, Troy, uh, like, they were dickheads, and they were doing all kinds of fucked up shit, like, purposely trying to fuck with people and mess with people.
0: I, I It made me see setting up a, a, a big bad for season two. I don't know.
1: Those twins, those twins were dickheads. I could easily see those twins having been involved in, like, something along those lines, especially since they felt already
0: hurt. They, they, were, they weren't they even, like, evil characters. They were just, like, dipshits. Like, they, they, were,
1: they were dipshits, but they were callous and, like... They were just kind of connect, disconnected from, like, the reality. Like, they didn't care if they hurt somebody.
0: They seemed really naive, yeah. They didn't seem malicious. I don't think it's them. I think it's it's an unforeseen character. Probably played by Giancarlo Giannini, because he's who you bring in the second season of a show and you need a villain.
1: Oh, oh, uh, or uh, no, you mean uh, John Carl Esposito or whatever.
0: What What did I say? Giancarlo Giannini? Oh, that's the guy from fucking uh, Hannibal and, and uh, Quantum, uh Quantum of Solace and... Casino Royale. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito is who I meant to say. Gian,
1: John, I think it's John Carlo or something like that. They'll probably bring in
0: Giancarlo Esposito. Yep. <laughs> I'll, I'll do a clean one this.
1: He comes in with a dark dark saber as well. I liked Kat's camming story. I kind of liked her her progression and the way she kind of took back her sexuality, took back her virgin her loss of her virginity. That was kind of like something that was kind of sh- going to make her feel ashamed and put this kind of burden on her, and she didn't allow it really to, and she kind of owned it and then became something out of it and became huge. What's
0: the, what's the message? What's the message? If you're fat, just be a slut because so long. <laughs> yeah. Cam, can Cam. can't, <laughs> like, what, can what is the affirming? Like, I, I would say like, what is the affirming message to teens? But I don't think, cause dude, there is, I don't a, think this show is for e- even teens because it's on HBO. Yeah. By the way, the average, the average subscriber to HBO is, a, is 42. So like, I, I don't know. Uh-huh. I mean, probably hot TV on it. It is real is, is a uh, hot three. Excuse younger. Hot three. But, uh, HBO, you know, like it's it's the it's the network that brought you the wire and the Sopranos and fucking Game right. of Thrones and Deadwood. Like, why is it mm-hmm. why is it making the next I guess Skins would be the closest equivalent. Right. Uh, that's a UK show that like everybody got famous from. Yeah. But like why, like you know, the whole like, teens do sex and, and, and have drugs. Uh, why is HBO trying to get into to that business? But then like I watched it as part of my fucking HBO, you know, cause I was so vexed. So maybe just confusing mm-hmm. people. Maybe this show is, is, is demographic is the standard HBO. I think it might be 35 to 50 year old demographic a, 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 and not the hip kids today. Yeah,
1: no, I don't, I really don't think this is for kids when I'm watching this. I'm thinking to myself, like this is
0: for soccer moms. Like- uh, by kids, by kids, I mean like, like late high school and college age. 18 to 22 year old.
1: Right, like like I have I have a lot of kids that I hang out around that like are this age and I was kidding. Um no, I have kids in my family uh like uh nephews and and shit like that that are like around this age.
0: And this is when I was 18, I was watching the Sopranos as it as it aired and I was like, yeah, I'm an adult watching the cool shows like the the fucking the psychiatry in this show.
1: <laughs> yep. I think I was watching Rome uh at that time too when I was uh 18 or I'm not sure. But
0: uh Rome's boring. <laughs>
1: yeah, I um I don't think it's for my nibblings. Um and I wonder like like who's this for and I really think it's 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 for housewives and, like, people who are just kind of like, I have no idea what's going on. I don't care. Let's just watch what the kids are doing, you know? Oh, no! (laughs) They're so conflicted. MJ,
0: no! Don't do that
1: fentanyl. That's why they're all dying on overdoses
0: and getting raped. It's because of this show, or the, the things that happen in this show, and school shooting. I know a school shooting's in the second season. I, I, I just, I feel it coming. Th- this show exists in a world in which, like, school shootings happen like every other year at every school. Yeah,
1: they winked at it twice this season. Yeah. Literally, we, I mean, Cat calls her boyfriend. What are you, a school shooter, or are you like, yeah? She's like, "What are you gonna? Are you gonna be a shooter? Are you gonna
0: be an open shooter?" So the the that's the one normal kid, Cat's boyfriend. He's like the one kid who acts like an actual human being in this entire show. It's weird. You like, he came in from a different show.
1: I but here's the thing. Again, I I know fucking people or I knew people when I was going through um uh, high school that were very similar to some of these. These people, these popular kids in the show, like, I knew people like that. They're, I mean, they're right on the money. Because, like, there's a point when... when
0: t- kids you take Molly at carnivals and, and, and fuck
1: the fucking carousel? That was that happened all the time? For sure. Oh, my God. Finger banging on the carousel or on the Gravitron. But um, uh, the part that, like, I, I remember is, like, I remember, like, people being, like, some of the cool kids. And you'd walk by them at a party, and they'd headbutt you. And like, and, like, you literally would be like, oh, you just headbutted me. All right, cool. Like, I'm not going to start a fight. I'm just going to move on. And I just got headbutted by one of, one of those cool kids over there. <laughs> like, all right. But, like, it was, you know, it was like there were people who were just assholes. Like, you were like, look at them and be like, hey, how's it going? And they'd be like, fuck you. And like, oh, okay, you're like, you're Nate. You're Nate. All right, you're Nate Jacobs. I get it. Okay. No, there
0: was asshole fucking jocks on the football team who fucking picked on people, but they didn't like come up with like elaborate blackmail uh, schemes to like get people out of uh get himself out of issues that like could have easily been avoided had he had control of his anger issues. Let's get into to Nate, all right. We've been in Nate for
1: the last thirty minutes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you no, we were, we were the in the best. No no, Nate no,
1: no, 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 best.
0: Let's get into Nate's plan because all right this all right here's how blackmail works. You don't blackmail somebody by, by saying that you'll turn them in for a lesser crime in order to get them to admit to committing a much much worse and horribly more like longer sentence and everything crime that you actually committed. That's not how blackmail. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah,
1: Tyler is an idiot. Tyler is a, an idiot. Is an absolute idiot. That character is. He
0: blackmails Jules into committing a, the much worse crime of cr- giving false information to the police, b- b- versus just a seventeen-year-old sending a nude photo of themselves, which every fucking seventeen-year-old's done probably at this point. Like uh, it, it, that's that's one that's one level of realism that's probably right. there. And, and like, but yet, this movie seems to think that, like, or this TV show seems to think that you you can use that you use, use much lesser crimes. Cause like uh, the, the other kid, the kid he beats up like Tyler, beating somebody up to the within an inch of their life. Horribly is a much worse crime than a 22 year old committing statutory rape by having consensual sex with a 17 year old. Yep. That kid would go to the police and, and say this person horribly did this to me. And the police wouldn't charge him for the consensual sex cr- uh, crime because they'd be much more interested in getting the violent sociopathic criminal off the street. That's something that a lot of people don't seem to understand no, about how prosecutors work. They
1: probably would charge them both. This is a
0: point of contention I, I've had with a lot of pieces of media. One in particular, first season of the podcast Serial. Yeah, maybe you watched it. Maybe you maybe you listened to it. Maybe you didn't listen. Uh, you did. Yeah, a while ago, yeah. So, yeah, a lot of people didn't understand why Ad- Adnan's friend, who probably helped him bury the body of the girl, didn't get charged. Like, mu- he must have had some kind of weird thing. Like, no, he just corroborated all their evidence and gave them the actual killer, Made and they deal. agreed to not charge him for the crime of disposing of a body, which is, you know, is itself a it's something they could charge him with. But they, mm-hmm. they don't, because, like, oh, we'll, we'll go after the, you know, we'll, we'll give you immunity so we can go after the actual criminal. Everyone Nate blackmails... Should be going to the police and saying, this person has not only done this much worse thing than the minor thing he's trying to blackmail me for, he's also trying to blackmail me, which is itself an extortion, which is itself a a fucking federal crime or a really serious crime.
1: Right, but these people aren't going to their parents and getting this education, right? Like, so they don't know this shit. Like, this is information that they don't have, so they're just getting talked to by like another kid and going oh fuck i don't
0: know they have google don't they have google
1: i well they did they, they did say that at one point one character was like i'm not gonna google child pornography laws
0: even though he's breaking them yeah like that, that I, I get maybe that's the perspective that everyone's just an idiot but like the viewer is not an idiot and it feels like the, the, the that felt forced. Nate's plans make you think that the the the, the viewer's an idiot.
1: Like it, it all felt forced. And the whole Tyler thing was probably the only thing that made that completely took me out of the show. Honestly, the way he beat that character, and then like the character had to go to the hospital and is like fucked up for life and like visibly fucked up for life, and the fact that no one at the hospital was like, "Okay, who did this to you?" You know, and like it ended there. Like he didn't like turn him in there, and he like somehow like didn't like give up Nate, and then Nate shows up later, and this character of Tyler doesn't have a gun, all of a sudden, like, yeah. like the reality is that a character who got beat like that after Home Invasion would go and buy a weapon and have that weapon
0: ready. They just walks into his apartment the second time. He doesn't seem to break in or anything. No,
1: so the weird thing is that, like... Tyler has this weird response where he's like, rather than pulling a gun on Nate and shooting him and being like, there's my attacker again. And finally getting his revenge and giving that character, a three dimensional character, which he didn't at all have the character, Tyler. He's just um, a plot device. He was. Cause then be he beaten. just, he just so willingly walks into the police station and gives up everything. And Hunter Schaefer also plays it kind of dumb with the child pornography. Cause you're also kind of thinking like, what are you talking about? Like, I did send those to you, and yeah, you do have me on that. But that's not as
0: bad. He as was he soliciting them, and he's over the age of seventeen, so that's a worse crime.
1: Yeah, and none of it is as bad as as the crime they're covering up, right? Like that's the reality. So yeah,
0: assault. Like, like again, he makes uh, Tyler, the kid he beats up, admit falsely to us like a violently assaulting. A girl, and if he mm-hmm. didn't do that, Nate would reveal that he had the much, much lesser crime of having consensual, totally non-violent sex. Statutory rape. Of statutory rape with witnesses who can attest to its consensual nature.
1: Right, which is what would have been the much safer move, realistically,
0: was to go with that versus versus admitting to not only that he. Oh, he would. Was the blackmail that he was going to have Maddie say that he like violently raped her the first time? So the assault's less than that. But but there's witnesses. It was in front of a party. That she
1: was blacked out, but that she was blacked out, and that he was taking advantage of her being blacked out. If Maddie had corroborated Nate's story against Tyler, that would have been a nail in the coffin for
0: Tyler for sure. There's been so many shows that deal with like all these you know crimes and and tricking the police and get like you're breaking brads you're breaking bads you're sopranos probably the wire this is the first like tv show i've seen from like a the the one-time gold standard in television hbo
1: esteemed channel the
0: esteemed channel of hbo where i'm just like this isn't how i i don't know this world just like i don't know the world of dealing meth or meth crimes
1: oh a great world but
0: i know this this would doesn't this is not reality and yeah, Breaking Bad probably wasn't reality, but it didn't feel like it ever slapped me in the face. And this show just sla- like Nate is just slap, slapping you in the face with like none of my plans make sense. And somehow they all work.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, the child pornography one that he has over uh, uh, has over Jules is a very odd one because that's the, that's the one that's kind of like Jules is a smart character and it's been constantly established as a smart character and a, and a world wary character over and over again. And for her to then be so like complicit. With, with what's going on around her?
0: She, she Yeah, she gives like a false testimony, a conspiracy mm-hmm. to commit like whatever. It's a serious like crime she's doing to not have be called out on a much lesser crime and also a crime in which Nate is still far more legally viable as the, or legally uh, responsible as the person who was – Coercing her the whole time by lying to her, pretending to be someone else.
1: Yeah, and then I guess we're jumping—we're really far ahead, but might as well for the purpose of this conversation. So you get to the the dance in episode eight, the winter formal, and you have uh, Rue uh, talking to Nate, and she's just like, you know, don't fuck with my friends. All that shit, you know. I, I will, I will ruin you too. I have nothing to live for. I can't go any lower than I already am. So yes,
0: they're setting up Rue versus Nate. I think for the second. But season. wait,
1: but like, and now we have to go all the way to the end of the season. But Rue kills herself, so it's like.
0: But Zendaya is in the second season of
1: Euphoria is she okay that's yeah that's oh that that's a spoiler i guess well <laughs> that's right. i
0: mean that that that's that not is, from
1: you i mean i i get it i'm not saying you did that that's from hbo so like i get it the hbo spoiled that because because it, it it's very intentionally left open open-ended that rue could have not killed herself but like od finally for good
0: they started filming the second season uh in february so they got they got like an episode or two in Huh. Well, I, I am excited to see where the show goes. Well, it, it might not be able to come back and there, there's potential turning what they filmed into a movie. So, ooh, interesting. That would suck.
1: Rather than tossing out what they have, uh, it, like actually turning into a movie and then and then repicking
0: up a season two later. You don't want to waste Zendaya footage, you know?
1: Well, yeah, because I mean, everyone is going to look a little older anyways by the time they're able to film again, possibly. Um, yeah.
0: Well, Nate Nate looks like he's 30 fucking years old. So like it's not that they're using no. they're using TV logic.
1: Everyone actually looks fairly good, actually, like a high school student, with the exception of Nate. Now he doesn't. He looks like college, honestly. He looks a little bit like college to me, but he doesn't look high school. He he looks a little too old. Um, I really liked the casting of his dad. I thought the guy who played Cal Jacobs uh, was was fantastic, and he had this air of him, like of that he could go further and become really like a violent person, and he never really did. He was very cool
0: and clicked. that was that was the that was the reveal i kept waiting for is the him like snapping he, him, yeah him the the re- revelation that he had done something really evil yeah it doesn't sound like he did he, he just he was pretending to be straight and obviously is gay and into uh femboys boys and, tra- and and twinks and and trans uh women and uh, meets them on grinder i mean he it, he it makes it pretty clear he didn't know jules is underage and it seems like he mostly fucks a lot of prostitutes
1: no he's actually kind of horrified by that and then he goes and he tries to make amends
0: there's nothing immoral the character really does uh and i kept waiting for that reveal he's
1: hiding his sexual his real sexuality from his family and that's not that's not that's not you know amoral right that's not a bad thing either but like he he is and and then um but at the same time, he is cheating though on his wife, and and that is totally obviously
0: a morality issue right there. <laughs> yeah, you should. I mean, yeah, that, that that's he's not perfect, but uh, he's he's not like it's not the reveal that like he had done something like abusive or horrible to Nate that fucked up Nate. No, I, I, no. some people interpreted that last scene where Nate goes crazy and starts banging his head against the 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 floor. And and the dad like goes downstairs or whatever goes to his office and like locks the door. He's like freaked out.
1: That gave me anxiety. It's memorable. Yeah. Watching that scene as a parent and just thinking about my own kid. I literally thought my own kid like immediately start thinking about my own children at that age, like throwing a temper tantrum like that and just thinking about all the brain damage that they were doing to themselves by hitting their head on the floor over and over again. I'm like, oh, that'd be so horrible. But I did that to my little brother all the time when I was in uh, high school. I would actually, like, he would, like, run around the house trying to beat me, and I would catch him, my little brother. He's faster uh, than me. Bang his skull in the... And I'd catch him, and I would grab him, I'd pin him down to the ground, and I'd grab him by his ears, and I'd pick his head up and then slam it into the hardwood. Be- God! And I would pick it up uh, his head again, slam it into the hardwood, and I would use that as a form of torture. And now I look back at it and go, oh, I really hope I didn't give him all kinds of fucking head issues.
0: Uh... Get a CTE scan or whatever. Yeah, that's that's a, a very violent image you just put in my head. It makes me scared of you. Uh, oh, dude! El, growing up with boys, you were just beating the fuck out of each other. Each one of us is just beating the shit out of yeah, each other. I don't, I don't know. I don't know a lot of this stuff because I'm an only child. Oh uh, my god! Oh, it was nonstop war. And I'm straight and never was confused about it. And also, I'm definitely, I, I'm a boy born in a boy's body, and I was never confused about that. Your boy assigned male at birth. Yeah, well, and I've, I stuck with it. It's done okay so far, although it's starting to get a little fucking tiresome being being white cis and male and straight. It is boring though, huh? I, and I can't come out. I can't come out as black. They already cut. They closed. Some people have tried to do that, and it didn't go well for them.
1: Well, Felk, so Episode 4, since we've gone through the show so far, Episode 4 is where we're at, Shook 1's Part 2. Um, by the way, all the episode titles, I think, other than Pilot and Salt the Earth Behind You are all based on uh, song
0: titles, as you I mentioned. I think it's Salt that, the Earth Behind You is a song, too. I'm not sure.
1: The, the, they're all, that's the purpose of the of the series naming convention for the show, which I liked, and it showed a, you know, the how much they wanted music to be the forefront of uh, everything from the concept that they were building it around.
0: It's a music video. It's it's a music video it aesthetic, is. the entire show. It's, it's tiresome at times, especially when you're watching them back to back, binging it, binging. <laughs> yeah. If you're binging it one day, but shook
1: one's part two is the episode. Jules Hunter Schaefer. You get her, um, her, her her prologue, where it's kind of like shows her as a, as, a, as a young kid and how she grows up. What'd you think
0: of that? Yeah. What'd you think of that? And,
1: and it shows her tr- like this, this you know, situation where she's sent to the hospitals and all that stuff. Apparently, Hunter Schaefer actually worked with Sam Levinson to help construct Jules' narrative and Jules' story and her arc and some of the events that her character would go through based on Hunter Schaefer's own life and some of Hunter Schaefer's She, she was in a mental institution? I don't know if she actually went to a mental institution, but I think she did have some some situations like that, but she apparently also had um, parents, or at least a father like her character, who was incredibly understanding and willing to be there for her child or their child.
0: Yeah, they don't explicitly imply what happened, but they do establish in the first episode that like dads never get sole custody and a divorce unless the mom does something horrible, pretty horrible. Yeah. They don't really say what it was. Uh, no, they just show her laying down, smoking a cigarette, and the next time she's just gone. Maybe they just kind of are implying that um, the mom wasn't okay with the transitioning and the dad was, and maybe he had a sympathetic judge. I don't really know what happened there. Maybe. But I have a lot of questions for you Some will be answered. Most never will be.
1: I think most never will be is the expectation you should have because it does feel that is the way that the series will progress because i i felt that there were th- through lines of stories that i thought were going to come somewhere like the camming and the camming storyline went nowhere other than uh cat has the best you know teenage movie ever like she just Starts off camming or no, starts off being like told she's a slut and she's a virgin who just like lost her virginity. And now she's going to take advantage of her sexuality and get into camming. Uh Oh, here comes a cute boy who wants to take her away from camming. You know, it's like this whole fucking world like kind of designed as a movie and she got to live it out and she gets the best ending in the end. And and, and Kat is a character that is it's kind of nice that she got that in the end because she is someone that took control of her world. And and therefore she deserves to have a good ending. I
0: think that's the, her her story is not complete. I think that uh, season two, which is always now theoretical,
1: it's going to be that guy. It's going to be the mystical yeah. Riddler guy. Yeah. Yeah, the Riddler.
0: It's going she, she she's going to have the Riddler as her main villain, and then uh, Nate versus uh, Zendaya is going to be the uh, the big fight at, at the uh, the big battle between them.
1: <laughs> but Jules, but Jules specifically. She leaves the series essentially having no fucks for her dad, and like, it's like even even Rue's like, we shouldn't leave for the big city because our parent, my mom doesn't know, and I don't want her stress out. And like, Jules's like, whatever, fuck it, who cares? Like, she like doesn't care that her dad's not gonna know. That was another like that,
0: thing. That, yeah, that was another thing. Showed up. So it then, is, what happens
1: to Jules? Like, Jules to me feels like the character that actually is going to die of an OD is that would die in the end if it wasn't Rue would be the character of Jules. Cause I feel like Jules has this dark shadow, this cloud that hovers above her, and something really fucked up is gonna have to happen to this character. Is it, it it's something that
0: Well that's what yeah, that's what Nate says to her when when it's revealed, uh by the way, that that was a f- fucking haunting seed. It, it was so stupid, but Nate and Jules and the fucking, you know, the misty, foggy Mm-hmm. park uh that, that scene was like Zodiacal. fucking haunting but he, yeah he's, he says like you know like, you're, you're so broken and stuff like that and i'm like
1: wait is it everybody on this show like is well that is the point he's 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 also so broken as he's saying that line
0: yeah it's it's just like and, and then yet because uh, of nepotism there's one fucking sane normal character played by judd apatow's daughter and i don't i mean i, I assume he has control at hbo of some degree Maybe, but she has no story of any sort. Like
1: her, her closest connection is, is a, is a, is a bystander to Cassie stories or to Ruth stories. Cassie's
0: story stupid too. Like Cassie's story and McKay's story is I think filler. There's nothing interesting going on there. He wanted and to play fo- back to back. They're he back wanted to, pl- pl- yeah, that's, that's why, that's why the second half of the season is much weaker than the first half because it's like McKay's story is he, we wanted to play football, but he's not really that good. And now he's sad. All right, so and then he gets f- raped by his eternity.
1: Episode 5 is Maddie's episode. We've talked about it already a bunch. It's the episode where the blackmail takes place. We really didn't talk much about Maddie and her situation. Alexa uh, Demi, who played it, uh, played the character of Maddie. She's now, pretty
0: unlikable as a character.
1: Super unlikable, but that's her point. And I think that's kind of where she becomes endearing, is that she is truly this vapid, superficial character, like, but she is the version of this incarnate she's everything about the show incarnate she is the corpial being of of nothingness <laughs> and like and all she wants is to be happy and taken care of and all she wants is that rich man to take care of her and she doesn't need anything else and again i know people like that oh yeah that,
0: that's that's the casino yeah the, the reference to she like idolizes sharon, Stone. sharon stone's character you yeah. know that's that was terrifying i'm like holy fuck there are so many girls who watched Casino and we're like, yep, that's it. That's the, that's the, that's the trick. That's what I do. Dude, I know. I
1: know people like
0: that. I absolutely know people like that and never get married is, is what I took away from fucking Casino. That's the point of the movie.
1: And and so you get the main theme from the uh, episode five romance, right? That's what's it's not blackmail. It's romance. <laughs> like, that's what the main theme. I thought the main theme of of episode five was romance in the sense of like what romance will well, what romance is to you. And then what it can make you do
0: for romance, and, and who does who does? Uh, well, no, it's, it's not Maddie. It's Cat, well, Cat. I guess still it's relevant. Cassie dresses up as uh, Patricia True Romances Arquette's character from True Romance, and I was just like, yeah. Do seventeen year olds today have an affinity for True Romance?
1: Well, Felk, not only does she dress up as Patricia Arquette's character, but another character by Daniel who played it was going to win as a costume of Ted Bundy. He loved her true romance reference and was like so excited about it. I'm thinking to myself, who the fuck actually likes true romance? Like I love true romance, but I also grew up in the 90s. I don't think it's that good. <laughs> I love true romance, but it's like it's Tarantino's I think it's his worst work when it came came to screenplays. It's cause uh, it's one of the few that he wrote that was not something he directed. Yeah. But I like it as a Tony Scott film. It's cause it's Tony Scott without being turned up so high. Like he he didn't go crazy yet
0: it's about a fucked up and unhealthy, but also 110% committed relationship relationship, which is, I guess supposed to parallel the reason they were parallel Maddie, even though it's, it's uh, Cassie who dresses up as her, it's, I mean, it's supposed to parallel uh, Maddie and uh, Nate who, you know, like, I think this is the first episode that does the Christopher Nolan time shit because like the present day is the fucking Halloween party, but the blackmail happened. Days before, and then there's also Nate's story is like months before it's kind of like fucking Dunkirk, where there's like three different like storylines taking a place over different timelines with the uh yeah Halloween one being the framing device, yeah. and then he of course shows up the end dressed like a fucking criminal, just like a prisoner. Uh I like love a, that. Like it's like, Well, what what is this? And like, he's like, Yeah, I, I blackmailed, <laughs> I got away with it. He's like running at everyone's face, it's so weird.
1: But okay, but a person like him, a sociopath like good him. Good music
0: though. Good music when they come in. That's good music.
1: Oh, yeah, but a sociopath like Nate would absolutely put on a jailbird costume to rub it in everyone's face, "I'm free." And the Ted the
0: kid who's dressed as Ted Bundy does like sociopathic shit too because he uh, just Daniel, yeah, no, yeah, he talks down to like Cassie, and he's like, "Just, I'm gonna do some like Hannibal Lecter to deconstruct you with words, shit." Yeah, <laughs> Where like, he just says like, "No, no guy will ever actually care about you. They all just want to fuck you." Which, you know, of girls who have tits and faces like that, there's a certain truth to, to, to that that dark statement.
1: Well, it's about who who Cassie puts herself in front of, right? And and if she's trying to recreate her love for her father then she is going to find people who only want her for like a very superficial level because her father never really wanted to be her father. After a certain while, he was he wanted to be the father of heroin more than he wanted to be the father of Cassie and Lexi. Yeah. So it, it makes sense because, I mean, they really say that with women, like, you know, whatever the father does is going to fuck with the girl. So... Like just you gotta really think about this. So as a as a father myself, I'm like so careful about like how I word things. Like even if I'm like I don't want to ever be like, oh, you know that dress makes you look fat, because that could totally screw my daughter up forever. Like I would never want to even like say that for a second, you know, or anything along those lines.
0: I don't understand the world anymore, honestly. Like I I don't the the, the wokeness has uh, changed things so rapidly and so so quickly. I, I don't I don't know if like you'll you'll face these these challenges I guess in like a future that may or may not exist. We might have World War III before wokeness can reach its final form. Mm. We might have a civil war o- o- over whether or not you know trans women can Hold all the records uh, of uh, all female <laughs> athletics. You know, we, like th- that, there might be that might be <laughs> true in fucking the, the new Republic of California, but in the nation of Texas, it, you know, tr- the Democratic nation <laughs> of Texas, <laughs> which, you know, like JK Rowling's is welcome in, is like, oh, yeah, we only let. We let trans women compete against other trans women, but not against cis women because they're not really cis women. And California's like, those heathens fucking <laughs> don't understand that trans women are women and should never be treated differently in any way, even by medical doctors. It's a front hole. You can't say vagina, that's not inclusive. Like I I have no idea if this world is is the future. Uh, an alternate the world of euphoria i mean is is the a possible future uh, a possible alternate reality or just present day and i just don't know about it (laughs) Coke. I've said it before. It's Biden's America. It's Biden's
1: America. It's what happens. So
0: Biden. Yeah. Yeah. Biden gets elected and in eight years when Biden is 97 years old and somehow still alive. Kamala Harris is not our president. Children are blackmailing each other. Be- between and, doing Molly. <laughs> yeah. And, absolutely. and uh, you know, and fucking transitioning. Fentanyl. Yeah. All know, of it.
1: I don't know. Um, Well, OK. So the next episode, uh, the episode where we finally get into
0: the, the weaker part of the season, and
1: it's the weaker part of the season because they're just talking about teen pregnancy and yeah, there's
0: abortion. What, what is was the abortion in Trials and Tribulations? Uh no,
1: the abortion was uh in the season finale. Uh okay. the next episode is the episode where McKay, you find out all the burden he has of all the stress and pressure from his parents to be better and from his coaches and and from you know the staff from the college and all those that, you know, rely on him, like Cassie. Um you you see that.
0: Uh, that's the Halloween party episode. Is
1: No, no, no. That uh oh yeah, wait. Let me double check the Halloween episode is six, yeah. So yes, it would be that episode. Yeah. So the the whole episode is about excellence, about everyone like trying to find their their excellence, right? It's like it's obviously about McKay trying to find his excellence. No, oh, yeah, yes,
0: you're right. I didn't realize these themes. You're they're very true. You
1: get all these other characters attempting it in all forms and fashions. Like like you get Cassie trying to uh, get excellence by banging Daniel, at the hottest dude at the party, who's like party it is and all that shit. And I thought that was I thought that was pretty interesting. I did like I did like the theme of that episode. Um, And I did like that we kind of got McKay because after that you really didn't get any more of McKay because the next episode the trials and tribulations of trying to pee while depressed um, is the Cassie episode where she finds out she's pregnant and then she goes and drops the bomb on him and he has a fairly decent reaction honestly. Like I, I, like he has a complete breakdown of like, oh, this is going to ruin my life. This is, you know, all the stress and pressure. We can't have this baby. And then I loved Cassie's reaction because at first I thought, oh my god, we're in after school (laughs) special right now, where Cassie's going to be like, I'm going to keep it.
0: But she doesn't. Her response. No, 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 no. no. I, I knew as soon as like, because it's it's kind of revealed in. the Halloween one where she, like, realizes she had missed her period. And I was like, yeah. ah, we're getting abortion. We're getting abortion, yeah. Euphoria is a show that shows abortions, okay? I, yeah,
1: of course. I was not prepared for the abortion because uh, I'm, I'm a I'm a housewife watching this and going, oh, this is going to get good. But then she's like, I just wanted to pretend for a moment that I was going to have a baby. I didn't really want to have a baby. And I'm just
0: thinking to myself, Wow. This show is amazing.
1: <laughs> was that, is that
0: is that your genuine reaction to that, or are you are like this show's terrible? I can't tell. No, 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 no. It
1: was it was it was fairly clear they're going to abortion, and it was it was a little bit like, I think that's why the last three episodes of the show, starting with uh, the next episode, trials and tribulations, and then going in and assault the earth behind you, is that Cassie's and, and and McKay's love affair, and then it's like dying out, and then going into this abortion. It just it felt a little contrived, and it was the only time I kind of was like, oh, this is not the best, like, story here at the end. And you were really kind of doing this hold-off pattern for people like Kat and whatever that little boy was that she wanted to uh, not fuck, and then she eventually probably is going to fuck him. Who? And then you're also – you're creating this kind of holding pattern for everything going on with Nate, Jules, and Rue. And uh, and and Cal and like that whole love affair that happened, and like all that realization that happens between all those different characters at the carnival.
0: Everybody's in love with each other. It's it, like there, there's there's so many directions.
1: Too much love. But I thought the teen pregnancy was handled well. Yes, it didn't it didn't seem like it was. I've like, never had an
0: abortion, so I can't really compare it. Oh, dude, they're the best. But I
1: gotta tell you, Plan B, man, get that Plan B pill. Oh, I,
0: I've I've done that. <laughs> I've made that trip to Rite Aid before. Get a
1: bunch of Plan B and just take four at once. That's what I say, Cool Boy Nation. Take four at once. But um, the way it was handled in the show, I thought it wasn't like super after school. Like I thought it, it was kind of
0: no. This is not a no. This is not an after school special show. No, I mean, not this at is all. Also not a not a show that, uh, like based on the sex ed ba- the baseline wokeness of the show this is a show that is 100% on board abortion and yet it still had her like kind of sad about it and I yeah, was like kind of shocked that this level of wokeness would even be like Oh yeah, it's a little complicated because you know maybe you are killing a baby or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. You know like, no, this I thought this show was going to be like one hundred percent like yeah, get it out of me, all, all rip it all, out, all pregnancy Go should end abortion. Abortion is always the right answer. No, yeah, that was nice. I thought that, but like it, it, it showed a little bit of the other side, yeah. I guess, in terms of emotion. It was like, oh, I was surprised. That show did that, but I was not at all surprised that it depicted an abortion. You
1: add different music to it, and it's Biden's America. I'm telling you. What was the
0: music choice? You, you, know, you I don't
1: know. It was probably nice and you've, you in know, like like uh, a ethereal. But if you added like unsolved
0: mysteries music behind it, it's a completely different show. I don't know where this unsolved mysteries theme is coming from.
1: You've never heard of Unsolved Mysteries. I know What's the, the
0: theme? theme. I don't know what what its connection it to. It doesn't need to be the theme. It could just be the type of music they play during those shows. Oh, oh you okay, you mean okay, you mean the reenactment like score. Yeah. I I was yeah. just thinking of the opening theme. Music beds. No, music beds. Just uh, just
1: just thrillery music beds, and the whole show changes. No, it uses sick beats. <laughs> It does. It uses great music. It uses fucking amazing, amazing tracks. No, oh, they got HBO money behind their fucking uh, song budget, so that was Right, there. right. The the thing about Episode 7, Trials and Tribulations, uh, that I really did like was when they did the detective drama, we've mentioned a few times, or at least I've mentioned a few times. I didn't understand what was going on there. They put the uh, film effect on it, but it wasn't just a film effect. They must have actually either layered... A a matte box with like like the dirt and the hair kind of like sticking to the the lens, or they really did film like some kind of like sixteen millimeter because they had the hair that was like attached to the side of a lens. And I mean, and it was great. I'm just like watching that moment going, "Oh, dude, that's fucking awesome." They actually shot this. Yeah, no, I think
0: everything's done in post for this show. This show is a, such sure. a post-heavy show because they such they a, definitely yeah. add depth of field in post because there's l- there's no lenses that can get the like the shallowness that th- this often has. You, you can maybe see the, I think so. You can see the feathering. No, and like the the uh, the the constant background bokeh fireworks of uh, the carnival episode, like that was all done like somebody has an After Effects. Or probably a little bit better than After Effects skill set. They got video copilot uh, because it's HBO. But yeah, you, you, you yeah, uh, but you definitely, yeah, they, they, I think they do everything in, in post effects, and often do way too much. And this episode has the stupidest thing, which is, uh, I mean, first of all, it's stupid that the entire episode is uh, Zendaya watching her, her laptop, Love Island, it's too depressed to get up and pee, and then they they have to like do like uh, house like level like show the inside of her uh, bladder getting infected because she hasn't peed I'm like you don't need to you don't need to show this but you also shouldn't have an episode where your character sits in bed and is too depressed to get up and pee.
1: And she's watching Love Island, the whole episode.
0: Yeah. And I actually have yeah. watched some of Love Island, independent of, of its appearance. Does it in, really start
1: f- off with that theme? Do, 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 do the later do, seasons,
0: do, do, the later do, seasons do. do. do, do, do. There's, there's like, there's like 15 seasons because it's, oh you know, a reality God. show where they do like two seasons a year. I mean, the U S version is doing one right now, uh, with, uh, using the rooftop in Las Vegas and like, the quarantine nature of the show in order to, to, to keep going. But it <laughs> is, it. it is just like hot people. It's, it's so good, good to have on the background when you work out, which is what I typically used it for. Um, I but, think that uh,
1: episode they utilize also the screenshots where she's in her bedroom. Cause she can't leave it, but th- what they'll do is they filmed through the wall. So they like, they did this lighting effect where they were actually like, turning on the lights on the other side of the set and then they had the wall see-through i think her
0: house is a set because at one point they actually have a like a, a above shot that like pans up from the her, her little sister's you know bed and, and like go goes through the set like that fucking scene in minority report um it, so i was just like i guess this is a set
1: or, or uh or taxi because they didn't
0: build yeah yeah because they didn't build that, that that for just that shot so that must be a set but I mean, there's 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 shots in this this show that, like there's uh, you mentioned the gravitron like there's a shot that's like starts in the gravitron and then it yes, pans up and then it goes out to the uh, to the Ferris wheel and like to, to like a two shot like a tight yeah. two shot I'm like is it a drone how would they do that
1: Yeah, I think that's a combination where the I think the gravitron was a real shot that they did shoot and then they and then they Comped it. they cropped it there or they created some kind of like matte effect, right? They keyed it out or had a green screen and then they did another shot
0: later. There's another shot like where... Uh, they composited the two. Uh, Cal is, is fucking that like uh, gay prostitute who's like a really weird character and he's yes. leaving the fucking motel so as, as Nate's arriving in the hotel. Yes. And, and it's like, it's all, it's one unbroken shot. And it like, it, it, it dollies from like walking to like driving speed exterior to, to one car, a person and that, that car moves in this unbroken shot yep. connects to another car and then continues with it. And then tracks Nate as he walks up into the, I'm like, how, how do they do that? Like, on, on there's a, a
1: cup there's a cut there's a cut on uh, when nate's driving the truck in and the camera pans left with nate and stops following cal to the I right i didn't see it
0: it was that was like 1917 level shit and yeah it's hbo who just fucking made game of thrones but there's there's no way this has got to have like a, a fraction a tenth of the game of thrones budget. sure
1: like, uh, yeah th- definitely but they're pulling off nice camera moves there's multiple long takes that um some have fairly obvious edits some not as uh, as obvious but the,
0: the show i did, I looked and i didn't see that one so yeah i mean it's 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 impressive filmmaking and baffling character s- story and world building i guess
1: And sam levinson directed and wrote i think he wrote almost every episode and directed five of the eight
0: okay well i mean he knows how to use a fucking camera i i, I don't think he understands sexuality or <laughs> teenagers or the world Right. Uh but he, he knows how to how to make a, a shot. He knows how to compose some cool like shots and, and make I would say because like there's typically like portions of, of of movies that like have that music video y feel. But I mean outside of like I guess sucker punch, I've never seen someone try to sustain that kind of filmmaking, and yet Euphoria does it as a TV show, so it's successfully. Weird.
1: Successfully for me, at least, I do feel I do feel like it was successful. sucker Punch is not successful. No, (laughs) Belly Belly is 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 by Hype Williams, a film, great film. It also kind of feels like a a really long music video. Oh yeah,
0: okay, Uh, I've seen Belly. I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um,
1: the other thing about uh episode seven, I thought was really fucking weird, and one of the lowest points of the show for me was. Jules running away to the big city for the episode.
0: That's stupid, yeah. Felt
1: like Eleven in season two of Stranger Things running away to the big city for the episode. Remember that when Eleven does that? She runs away and she finds the the other mutant characters that also know how to control their powers a little bit better and she joins up with them for a bit.
0: (laughs) Well, because she runs away in the, I guess it's the previous episode, you know, and and takes drugs and hallucinates that she sees like a a glitter fucking Nicholas Winding, rifing looking version of, of Nate uh because yeah. that 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 episode's very uh Winding Rifen
1: um no 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 that's the same se- that's, a, that's, a, that's both episode sevens aren't aren't they yeah because Nate meets her in the club in the big city but it's not really Nate it's her banging the uh, uh the black chick
0: yeah who she falls in love with I thought that right. was in seven I don't remember those that is seven two. yeah they're both seven okay.
1: so seven has like Jules running to the big city like 11 and it just did not work for me the whole episode didn't work for me because it's the moment where it's like Jules, you just not really care about your dad. I know we talked about this later. Also, we uh, we talked about this earlier when it happens later for the season finale. But just it's very odd for her dad to be so kind to her.
0: The dad's too nice, honestly. And for
1: her to not care for him at all. But then at the same time, it makes sense because you think about the psychology of it, right? Her dad has given her everything.
0: He's allowed her to literally transition. Yeah. Right. He he's paid. He's too nice, almost, because he should be more concerned that she's hanging out with this drug addict. Right. Drugs. well
1: but he's he's not that concerned he goes and parties with her mother even yeah, that, yeah. on
0: Halloween or whatever
1: or, or is it the winter formal maybe no yeah. but um the fact that she's so walking all over her dad speaks volumes to her character and I don't know if it's something that's on purpose or if it's something that like kind of made its way through in Hunter Schaefer's you know portrayal of the character because she did talk about how she added a lot of her own life circumstances into the character of Jules. I love that you've done
0: research on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A little bit, but like, yeah, yeah,
1: um, I did think that like it was, it was, it was, it made sense though, because like you might think like, why the fuck are you not responding to your dad? Or why are you not caring about your father? Who's been there at every step? And it's like, Oh, that's the reason why, because he's literally been there and let you do every step. Yeah. That you don't need him.
0: Maybe, maybe, yeah, th- that is a point. That, like, the dad needed to have a little more discipline because...
1: Or did he at all? Because maybe she's actually fine. Like, maybe she's actually the best character in the show. I don't no, know, I mean that
0: you, shouldn't, you like- shouldn't run a- No, she's not. She's doing all kinds of reckless stuff. No, she's one of the most entertaining to watch, for sure. Yeah, well, yes. The more... Yeah, no. I mean, and she... I mean, I assume... Well, Zendaya is probably going to be famous for for a while. You know, she's got Spider Man now doing Zendaya
1: is you know. Matthew Fox. But here's the thing: Jules or uh, Hunter Schaefer is Tom Sawyer or whatever is Sawyer. Is is <laughs> it's, it's, you know yes. she's the one that the the audience is connecting with. His, well,
0: I'm talking about careers. Obviously, you know we don't have a whole lot of trans celebrities, but there's now this massive demand for them. And uh, for more Hunter, for more Hunter, or just. In, Trans in general. Trans in general. I mean, it's you. You basically have to have a trans person in your movie. You can't. You can't get <laughs> an Academy Award nomination for best picture based on the new rules. I would. I could honestly watch Hunter Schaefer in a lot of shit. I thought she
1: had some great charisma.
0: Here's what I, I am interested in. I think Hollywood's obviously going to pay attention to her. And you've called her "her" every single time this whole episode. It's very, very woke. Very impressive. Uh, I, I've made a conscious effort to arrive at this destination, which is that I think. I'm curious if they just will cast her in a future role in a movie, Marvel, as as just a girl and not have her play a trans a trans girl. She could almost pull it off on an aesthetic level, and I, I think that that would be an interesting way to do it. But that, the, here's my question: I don't know if that's more woke or it's as uh, transphobic. Because I'm trying to erase trans people from playing trans roles. I don't know. Because mm. Scar, Scar Joe got in like all this fucking trouble for taking on the character who was uh, Asian. a trans man, I guess.
1: Oh, I thought you were talking about Ghost in the Shell. No,
0: <laughs> she got in trouble for that. But no, it yeah. was uh, the the show was uh, r- Robin Tug. The movie was r- called Robin Tug, and it got basically just got canceled. It lost all its funding because its funding was attached to the fact that they had the biggest female star in the world, Scarlett Johansson, willing to play the character. But then somebody who like knew her and wrote the biography is like, um, actually, she was um, trans and she wanted to be a man and was a man and thus always is a trans man. So sis, ScarJo, can't play her. So uh, I don't know what the rules are on you know who hmm. you can and can't cast. I know, obviously, at this point in time, because there, there was a time in which Uh, you know, Hillary Swank played a trans man. That was, that was like progressive and, you know, she may have won an Oscar. I can't remember.
1: Yeah, she did for uh, for Boys Don't Cry or whatever they call yeah, it. Yeah, but now
0: you're not allowed to do that. You'd have to actually have a trans man be a uh, play a trans man. You can't have a cis woman play. I
1: can't wait to see Forrest Gump. And when they remake it with a real retarded person, it's going to be the best. Like, it'll actually be finally the Forrest Gump I've always wanted to see. That is
0: that is also a, a fucking rule that you can't do that anymore. I mean, Brian Cranston got in trouble for playing a paraplegic in that movie with Kevin Hart. People are like, oh, no, you should have cast the real paraplegic. You're like, that would be a lot harder to film. <laughs> you, you could just have him sit in the chair and then yell action. You know, it's, it's so who knows what the rules are. Uh, but uh, I do like my point is that Hunter Schaefer is a is very talented and I'd like to see mm-hmm. her in more. And I'm curious what other roles they'll Hollywood will uh, provide, because uh, that is a just a fraught with fucking landmines, it seems. That whole world. I think trans women can play cis women, and I'm curious to see if that's the progression of that. But who knows? You know, I don't give a shit. It it all depends on whether or not we're living in Biden's America or or the real America. Um, I
1: I really don't give a shit. Like to me, I don't give a shit either.
0: I I, that's my point. Is like I'm just curious what happens because I don't know where we go from here.
1: I'm not curious because like I it will the 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 dice will land where they fall. Like I mean, no matter what happens, it'll be
0: how they lay civil war two might be one of the dice rolls though like that that might that's a potential number on that on that dice is elk there's a war coming are you sure you're on the right side at least i've chosen a side (laughs) at least
1: i've chosen a side (laughs) i'm pretty sure i'm on the right side but uh the, the the idea that i have here about like 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 Hunter or whether getting more of her, like I, I would love to see her in more shit, and whether she could play like a woman or a trans woman, like a cis woman or trans woman, like sure,
0: yeah, let, let her have it, like what either or. I don't care, and you know who I'm voting for. So like my point is that you know maybe don't assume that everybody is super prejudiced. We're just pointing out that a lot of the rules don't sometimes make sense, and I want to know what the fucking rules are. Because that's how society works. I think there's this,
1: this this cancel culture we're all through right now is 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 kind of coming to an end. It's just the very, you know, early stages, like infantile stages, like even earlier than that. It's like prenatal, but like we are getting to a point where people are understanding the hypocrisy of culture cancel uh, of cancel culture, and it's when what's well, when liberals start losing some of their own they're like oh shit oh, fuck we don't like this it's not as fun anymore and and i think that's the point where
0: when they went after like jimmy fallon for blackface yeah that there's a there's been blowback occasionally
1: yeah and the cancel culture will be the new norm cuz it'll and it is the new norm and then canceling the cancel culture will be the new norm and then i think what will happen is we'll we'll get to a place where there's enough acknowledgement and understanding and there's been enough like you know, uh, of of an exposure for everyone that I think that we can all go. Okay, now we're not all going to just make no. a big deal about everything anymore, right? And everyone's like, yeah, and everyone can still do their own shit. Like it's fine. Like pride parades are still great. Like go go at it. Yeah,
0: but like like Brokeback Mountain in two thousand and six was uh, or five was uh, considered very progressive, and now it's like horribly offensive to hire two straight guys to pretend to butt fuck. Straight? Were they both straight? Well, I think Jake Gyllenhaal's straight. Heath, will never know. Sadly, rest in peace. I'm pretty
1: sure they're both very much on the spectrum of straight and gay, and they're they on one side of 50%, but I don't think it's the side that you think it is.
0: Rest in <laughs> peace, Heath Ledger.
1: Oh, rest in
0: peace. I heard Heath Ledger was doing blow off Jake Gyllenhaal's oh, cock while riding 55. a horse on the 85, going <laughs> no. 5 miles an hour. <laughs> That's, I was wondering if you'd give an accurate horse speed. Five miles an hour trotting. But that that movie was modern day. They had access to, or it was like the seventies, right? They had access to cars. They weren't. It wasn't a western. There's
1: trucks in the movie. The ending shot is in a truck, or or with a truck driving off, or
0: something like Uh, that. Oh, dude, the
1: uh, end of that movie makes me cry. I found that
0: movie so fucking boring.
1: I love that movie. I love that movie. And when they're fucking in the tent, I'm just like, yes, please, can I get in there?
0: Oh, it's, it's it's cold outside. Look, look at the look at the world. I mean, like like I said, in two thousand and six the movie was really progressive. But by today's standards, it's like, well, you shouldn't hire uh heteronormative people to play. It's like
1: blackface. You look it's, at it it's, now it's, and yeah, it's, like,
0: it's like blackface. It's, it's totally you offensive. Hired blackface. And then and, and the, but then uh you know, Jake Gyllenhaal is like, actually I am gay and bi and mm-hmm. pan and trans. and it's like, well, totally fine. But we're still going to, you know, hate it. D- dig up Heath Ledger's corpse and call him homophobic or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But give him a Twitter
1: account and then yell at it. Um, I think we've talked about this before. I think we talked about this last episode. Yeah, I think a lot of celebrities are pan. I really do. Mm-hmm. I think I think it is a nature of the beast. I think when you fuck enough of whatever you prefer, you eventually are like, all
0: right, all right. I need new holes. Euphoria exists in a world in which no one is just straight or even just gay. Definitely not. We're all extraordinarily complicated. Yeah. And it does not matter if you 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 like girls or boys or jewels or wait, f- fucking ruse or...
1: Wait, wait, but, but Nate is almost exclusively gay by the end of the series.
0: I, th- I thought he was with Maddie at the end of the series.
1: No, the final episode, they break up the final episode is a flashback episode it's like you were talking about earlier how the Halloween episode kind of starts to dabble in the Nolan you know time travel kind of telling of narratives um the final episode is all that that's I mean that's the theme of
0: the episode is flashbacks kind of make me realize how how kind of stupid Christopher Nolan is it's just like I mean yeah he's a great filmmaker but like oh you know how like there's a shot and there's another shot and another shot and they all happen in order what if they did it
1: yeah what if A plus B equals C what wasn't the formula what if the formula was c plus a equals b <laughs> like, what if the what? alphabet would A Z E? oh what? shit he's doing cab editing um so i i i like the finale though the way that it kind of like starts off like everyone's at the winter formal going to the winter formal getting ready for to winter formal and then and then we find out what happened because we start realizing during the winter formal oh maddie and nate broke up oh how'd that happen oh cassie's like you know all fucked up from something what was it you know oh well it seems like you know jules is 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 absent-minded right now something must have happened to her earlier in the day you know I, I, everybody had something kind of like happened to them and leading up to it and you find it out throughout the course of the episode you, you get these flashbacks uh, cassie's being of course the abortion but um what i thought was interesting about that that i really liked was the fact that the only character that doesn't have a flashback is Fezco? You follow his storyline through oh, yeah. from him doing the home invasion and then ending it with uh, him paying off Mouse, and then no answer. You don't know what happened to Fezco, so I, I assumed every episode pilot was Ruse, stunting like my daddy's Nate made you look was Cat, shook ones part two was Jules, oh three Bonnie and Clyde was Maddie's episode. The next episode was McKay's, the trials and tribulations of trying to pee while depressed was Cassie's, but insult the earth uh, behind you there was no real specific person. So I there's think there's no a flashback. Tesco's yeah. episode was, was the, uh, uh, was the character to fall in the episode. Cause he's the only one you're kind of like really mystery trying to figure out what he's doing and where he's going with it.
0: Yeah. And he, well, he's in like a different show though. He, he's in like breaking bad. He is. While, <laughs> well, he's in breaking de- bad. De- dealing with an, like a David Ayer gangster. And it's like, but uh, yeah, while everyone else is in a, a, a teen gay drama, yeah, he's dealing with like drug crimes. It's, it's, it's weird. Uh, it was the
1: most evident at that point in this season because you were juxtaposing his shots of him like sleuthing and stealthy and going to do this home invasion and following Mouse around with like, yeah, winter formal. <laughs> with, like, cutting between songs played by Joe, uh, Joy Wave, like tongues. And like all of a sudden you cut and it's like, what? it's Angus Cloud like, you know, doing Fezco work like, oh, I'm going to figure this out. And then you cut to a bunch of teens in rehabilitation at winter formal all trying to like, rehab themselves and then i felt really bad about nate's girlfriend uh not maddie the girl he brought to the to the formal because he's like ripping her dress up and exposing her bare
0: ass to everybody oh yeah yeah she <laughs> just yeah yeah at a party i can't tell you how many fucking times that happened at fucking high school parties that also was super
1: fake because yeah i thought to myself where's the teacher running over right now demanding that that dress
0: gets pulled down Oh, yeah. Oh, that was at school property. You're right. That wasn't at a par- Yeah, but remember these two episodes I'm hazy about because I didn't get to, yes. to rewatch them.
1: Yeah, so Nate's pulling up his date's dress while dancing out in the uh, At the, the, formal. the school. Yeah. yeah that's. <laughs> and like, no teacher runs over and is like, stop pulling up her. Her dress and showing off her butt to everybody, and to the point where Maddie goes and grabs a white guy and goes, "Can you dance?" He goes, "Um," and then she gets upset. She turns to a black guy and goes, "Can you dance?" He goes, "Fuck yeah!" And then they go dance. <laughs> that's I, since We're in the finale. I just want to kind of talk about the fate of a few characters, and then it will be easy way to kind of end it. Sure. So speaking of Jules going off to big city, I think everything's going to be fine. She just goes and reconnects with her friends. If that's the big cliffhanger, that isn't.
0: What's the big cliffhanger? Did, 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 did Zendaya die or not? Yeah, but that's yeah, that's about it. But that's like, well, no, because they fucking are selling selling the show. Oh, like, I, I, I got. Yeah. Like, I, I, you're right. I guess they sold the first season of Game of Thrones with images of of fucking uh, Ned Stark everywhere. That uh, they like right. Sean Bean's the star. Maybe they could kill off Zendaya. Maybe maybe the thing that Zendaya was filming on the set of Euphoria 2 when it got shut down because of COVID. Um, it was a uh, a misdirect and she's a ghost in the second season or something like that. She's just the narrator only. Yeah. Maybe she's maybe yeah, maybe maybe she's now becomes like a framing device, but she can also talk to people when because like you can you can hallucinate people. That's their way of basically their, their way of force ghosts because Nate appears as a force ghost uh, when uh, Jules is on drugs. Basically, he's blue and purple. Yeah. And he's got beautiful
1: makeup on. I loved it. His hair is all like tussled. Um, well, what was interesting about episode one is episode one is about essentially overdosing and, and addiction no yeah. and yet it's about a character going through rehabilitation and then episode eight is about uh, essentially rehabilitation for all these characters um, everyone kind of coming to the end of their arcs and then but at the same time, it's very focused on a, a main character like Rue overdosing at the very end. Even if she survives this overdose, it's still impactful to her character's sister, uh, played by Storm Reid, uh, Gia. I didn't Bennett. care about
0: that character really,
1: but like that's the character that Ali, her or one of her like uh, uh, NA um, sponsors. I think he was at least. He seemed
0: like a character from The Wire. It was weird. No, he was from The Walking Dead. Who's Fear he on The Walking, Walking Dead? Dead? Who's he on The Walking Dead? Fear The Walking Dead. Oh, I don't watch The Fear. Of Walking
1: he was Earth. in the he was in L A. Show. Anyways, he um he uh he may have been in The Wire. I don't remember uh, though.
0: There's but references he- to The Wire at one point. I think, uh, like uh oh really? Yeah, I know. Zendaya's, like threatening um someone. And she's like, oh no, the, the kid who's like, like, yeah, like who gave weed to uh. Her sister, uh, she's like, "I'll have all my drug dealer friends come after you. I'll have Stringer Bell come after you." And she's like, "Oh yeah, all. she
1: did say Stringer. She, yeah. lists, she lists all these drug dealers from TV shows." Oh, that's right, she did. I remember that. Yes, but yeah, so you have these characters, right? You know, and all all their their rehabilitation moments and whatnot, kind of like they're, they're 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 kind of coming to their end. But a few characters like have their endings, right? That are a little d- disrupted uh, by not knowing what the fuck happens, as we talked about with Rue, but also. Fezco, we have no fucking clue if what happens in that scene. The, the final scene is him coming back home because is all like mouses here right after he broke the other dude's face in with a gun. <laughs> I don't even know what he does. Did he kill the dude in front of his
0: child? There's no gunshot. I, yeah, no, I, th- I think he just beat him really bad. I don't know what happened. <laughs> okay. I, rem- I remember it also being like that's amb- amb- ambiguous super they probably don't know exactly i I don't know why they were they did that like that that. it it was
1: it was like ashtray and fezco and like the way the mouse scene goes down when it goes back and it's like they see mouse is there and it's the other and mouse is like you know muscles there with his gun obviously and it's it's super ambiguously gay duo like you're just like what is going on here like how are are they going to end this season with these guys about to fuck in an orgy, yeah, and I don't it's, even see
0: it. They it's introduce like, a lot of cliffhangery elements that don't really <laughs> like. They feel like they're either imported from other shows, like Fesco's from a crime drama, mm-hmm. and, and then he's Breaking and, yeah, Bad. Then, no,
1: he's Breaking Bad. For yeah, sure. he's
0: Breaking Bad, but then also, yeah, Rue is going on her adventure with other mutants. i not Rue. Sorry, Jules is going on. Mutants. <laughs> she goes. She, well, like, she goes off and like falls in love with yeah. some girl, like you know who who is isn't one episode and like but like maybe she's also trans I I didn't know what the sexuality of any of those characters were I was just like oh this is just this is just like yeah you're right it it is just like uh 13's adventure when she finds other fucking special 11s yeah (laughs) yeah got her uh her her number wrong um but she goes off on (laughs) how dare you (laughs) when she goes off on her adventure and finds others like special people And, and like yeah I guess drugs are and transgenderism uh are are being trans is the uh go hand in glove substitution for yeah superpowers uh on the uh, in Jules's side mission which may or may <laughs> not be part of season two
1: <laughs> I love her be I love calling the b storyline a side mission
0: <laughs> I don't I don't know where that was going like because that's that's another thing is the show set in like ambiguous town it's
1: like a stranger mission in red dead 2 where you're just like you just oh there's a question mark jules went for the question mark and it just took her off on this weird little tangent that had nothing to do with the rest of the show
0: <laughs> maybe thematically it does i don't know we don't know where it goes It's about
1: her character deciding to finally give up on the suburbs uh and realize that she did love rue but she only loved rue if rue came
0: with her well, yeah that's the, the suburbs like where is this where is the show set the show takes place in like some vague town that's suburban LA it's LA it's not LA because um in in the very like opening first episode um Cal Cam what is it the the Cal Jacobs the the dad the dad of Nate uh is saying like you you should go to a you you know you can either stay in a town like this where people like us aren't accepted or go to a city where people like us are accepted or something like that I'm like what town and what city? And then you know, Jules goes to the big city. It's like in the fucking tick. Like she goes to the city. Yeah. It's like what 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 city, city is this? <laughs> Capital city.
1: Yeah, she, they went to Capital City. They live in Springfield. Um, it, yeah,
0: The it, Windy it, Apple.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I I definitely looked into this, and I, I think it is supposed to be any city USA, California. Yeah, yeah,
0: but it's filmed in L.A. because yeah, so. it's all
1: filmed in L.A. and Pomona and whatnot. But uh, um, it definitely has to be Californian based because it's it's all Californian type cities. It's not Arizona. It's not Nevada. Well, and
0: they also reference laws because, like, in Alabama, like, seventeen year olds can do whatever the fuck they want. You can also marry your first cousin. They don't care.
1: And they don't give a no shits. Um, but yeah. So everybody in this show, other than uh, Storm Reed and uh, the the boy that played Astray, is above eighteen years old. So, Felk, who's your fuck me from the show?
0: Yeah, even with that caveat that all these people are 22 to like 24 – uh, it seems in, somehow inappropriate to do a fuck me. But at the same time, I thought so too. <laughs> the, the show, the sh- I mean, the way it depicts Cassie's t- tits so frequently is just like any other HBO show. And if you think about it, haven't horror movies haven't Friday the 13th and Halloween's been having 25 year olds play 17 year olds and they just get their tits out and, and, yeah. and I'll look at my tits like showing that off. They've been doing that since the dawn of film. Yeah. Yet somehow with the context of this show being so trans gay rapey like it's all over the place with sexuality it feels inappropriate but yeah no cassie's tits are fucking incredible like a sydney sydney sweeney is, is a that's a a very good body and they they have no problem hbo has no problem airing it
1: no uh yeah she's uh 21 22 i think um yeah she's beautiful she's absolutely beautiful she has a little bit of that like oh you sucked your thumb too much when you were a baby look on her mouth but uh, and a little, <laughs> but I mean, like, she definitely has huge tits, and they make a big deal about her
0: tits throughout the show. They're, they're Didario level, I'll say that. Uh, they might be way bigger than that, actually. Yeah, they're probably bigger.
1: I, I mean, d- 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 uh, Alexandra Didario is just the whole package. Uh, Sydney Sweeney, I, I'm sorry, you're not the whole package just yet. We got to work on you a little while, but you know what. D'Addario did uh, True Detective, and uh, you did Euphoria, so you're on the same page, again. yeah. Yeah,
0: D'Addario's got to be in her 30s. So Cindy Sweeney's got a, a long career of, of <laughs> no pun intended, milking those tits and getting Texas uh, Chainsaw getting massacres. roles. Yeah, she'll, <laughs> yeah, various Texas Chainsaw Massacre remakes. Yep. <laughs> it, 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 this will be like the last one was just called uh, Chainsaw Massacre, so I don't know how they shorten it. Maybe the next one will just be called Texas. I don't know. Just Texas, maybe. <laughs> the
1: <Chainsaw. laughs> just called Chainsaw. Um, honestly, I I was like I thought I I didn't realize that Hunter still or not Hunter uh that uh Jules still had her dick. So like I was like thinking like you know what yeah if Cal Jacobs didn't realize. But you know, thought that maybe she was just a woman. Like maybe that would be
0: some super sweet puss. I like that you didn't understand that he he thought he he thought he was also fucking women. No, it's all they're all dicks. Some of them present as women. Some of them probably are are trans women, which are no different from women in any way, except that sometimes they also have dicks. Apparently. Okay. Yeah.
1: I really liked Cal. I thought he was a cool character, and it was just one of those things. You are like, oh, dude, you are stuck. He's actually a a pretty good
0: dad, honestly. (laughs) Yeah,
1: he's like, and like. I, uh, he 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 doesn't like one of his other sons, but there's no reason why, really, other than maybe he's not as driven, and that's the only. He thing. He doesn't work
0: as hard. At, yeah, <laughs> he wasn't as good at football.
1: Yeah, and so, but Cal, the thing about Cal I thought was funny is that he's such a product of his time because he he put all his porn on CD, you know, and it's like, oh man, there's like thumb drives now. I think they were DVDs. <laughs> I think
0: they were at least DVDs. Yeah, but yeah, that was because even the flashback would have been. I so. If if it's 2019. That would have been the 2000, so I guess maybe he's, no, no, because he dates like 10. That would have been like 2009. Yeah, most people, I think even by 2009, most people weren't burning DVDs not, well, to, yeah. to back up to back up their important video files. That's true.
1: Yeah, not then. They were doing it hard drives probably then, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it would have been like 2010, right, because 2001 was when Rue was born, right? And she's roughly the same age as everyone in her grade, so yeah, it would have been like, he would have been 2010, 2011, realistically. Yeah.
0: Definitely an old school hard drives. Yeah. And it's an old school iMac too. It's weird. It's like, it's like a 2011 iMac. He just kept it because that's his, that's his, uh, record himself having sex with (laughs) femboys. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. It just fits right for him. (laughs) It just fits into it. I started on DVDs and I'm keeping it.
1: (laughs) Well, because, uh, Hunter Schaefer doesn't have a vagina or the character of Jules doesn't have a vagina. I will not be picking Jules anymore. Um, but I, I don't know. I might have to go with, I'm um, telling you, man,
0: this is a common, a common misconception is that trans surgery results in a amazing use usable or passable or normal vagina. And it's just that's like what I'm more seeing. and more the trans community is coming aware that like bottom surgery is not worth it and, you know, do everything, but you, you do keep the, the dick because we can't really turn a dick into a vagina. You just end up with a open wound to basically that the body keeps trying to heal and you have had to have surgeries to keep it open and, and it mm. you know gets infected and produces smells Ugh. and stuff. It, it's just really unpleasant oh, don't stuff. They smell f- f- oh. far, far less appealing, even to straight, even as a straight man, what I know about post-op trans people, like there's a lot, even if I, you know, like, if, if I had to, or, or we're in a situation like, I'd prefer there just to be a dick <laughs> than, to see the, than to see something that looks more like a mutilation because it, – and it's something that, like, should be discussed and trans people who are transitioning should, should really know there is a negative side to uh, going through with bottom surgery. And, and it's, it's – maybe in, in the interest of wokeness, some people would say that's offensive to even say, no, they're beautiful vaginas after post-op trans – but no, it's a surgery. A lot of times done in like the Dominican Republic because it costs a 10th as much there. So and, and a lot of times you are people are not happy with the result and immediately regret it and wind up far f- further depressed. Uh, if you look at the statistics on like suicide post-op pre-op, people who do and do not uh, do bottom surgery transitioning, uh, it, it seems to actually be a liability in terms of mental health, so it's something that should be talked about. And uh, Hunter Schaefer, uh, the person, seems to have kept their penis, and uh, I think that was probably the right decision. Nice. Are you
1: going to continue watching this series in season ha- two I if it to. happens? I have
0: to. I mean, I, oh, yeah. I, 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 yeah. Oh, the, the real question: like, I, I'm, I'm already, I'm already in this. <laughs> you know, I already, I already, t- uh, I, I did this of my own accord because I'm trying to understand the world. But uh, I, I, then I motivated at least one person now. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, it's not like entirely on my word. You're, you've got the the uh, quality assurance that comes with the HBO name that it's going to at least be s- something interesting.
1: No, that's not true. HBO's not always been the best. I mean, I've seen shows called Louie, which was a sitcom without a sitcom audience on HBO, starring Louis C.K. And it was horrible. <laughs> yeah,
0: but Louis C.K. was worth putting money behind. Ugh. He just needed, yeah, that, that show just didn't work. But Louis on FX was good.
1: Yeah, See, but thank God, different show, not
0: a sitcom. I think Lucky Louis was the name of the HBO show. Was it Lucky Louis? Oh, yeah. it Was that the cartoon? With Jim, uh, I don't know, Jim Norton was on it, I think, too. Um, pa- Pamela Adlon was also yeah, on that sitcom, yeah. No, HBO's made some mistakes, I'm not, but I mean, you know, it wasn't a mistake investing in the uh, creativity of of uh, Lucy K, and it wasn't a mistake, honestly, investing in the creativity of Sam Levinson. They got some. No, they all. got something out of it. I don't know what that thing is, and I don't know what the world means anymore. They got controversy, sort of.
1: There's definitely controversy behind the show and after it released. A lot of people got upset, calling it, you know. The show had upwards of 30 penises in one scene, which is not true. It was like 17. I counted. Too many
0: penises in this show.
1: I counted. It was 17 penises, why actually. You, you it it, was, not, it just, was not 30, okay? Right. It was not 30. I don't know why they say everywhere because the Hollywood Reporter re- reported it was almost 30 penises and everyone ran with it. And, and I'm just like, no, that's not true. Go check it out. Fox News ran with it. Fucking everyone ran with it.
0: Everyone ran with it. And you counted the dicks.
1: 17. I don't know. 17 dicks. It's great. It's a great scene, though um they got attention and and uh, i will watch the show for sure i really did like the show i really did like the show that's so weird yeah i really liked it i uh,
0: but also obviously i I like the show as well too but i also hated the show and was also frequently confused by the show and and exacerbating that that i'm confused by like the whole the whole world and and just uh it made me feel like an old man felk you have to watch the show it's the window into the youth today it just, I, I i would like them to all get off my lawn, please.
1: No, they. this is what they're doing. They're doing fentanyl on your lawn.
0: <laughs> if you take fentanyl one more time and throw your Frisbee on my yard again, I'm keeping it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you throw your Molly on my yard one more time, I'm taking it.
0: These are like back back in my day, we had mar- marijuana was the scary drug that you had to deal with to like, People had to deal with drug dealers to get, and they were all scared of smoking it and all this, this stuff. And and like these kids Evil. are like doing like narrowing and nuke yeah. and drugs I've never heard of. Like I, I yeah I've heard of Molly, but like I've never seen it. You know I've I've mm-hmm. I've heard of fentanyl, but I don't like I don't even really know what it looks like. I think they snort fentanyl at one point. I was like I thought that was a pill. How <laughs> was no, it's like a gel. It's a, okay. How do you do? How do you do the gel?
1: Well, off a knife, if you're if you're,
0: you know, ruined mouse. Yeah, I, I, I was just like, if there if there's a drug that like they like list, like, like beam into their brains by putting it on their iPhones and, and they get high. And I'm like, Yep, I guess that's the dr- new drug. Did it? I love it. Yep. Bitcoin. They're doing they're doing Bitcoin and get high off it. <laughs> Candy crush. Uh, it's oh, really yeah. what it
1: is i mean isn't that what the uh whistleblower from google was saying like pretty much oh yeah yeah games like candy crush are actually addictive as fuck and they're actually yeah. playing on the exact yeah, far,
0: farmville basically yeah it works exactly like a drug <laughs> exactly like a drug yeah yeah well all right did you say who your fucking me was or did you decide it was inappropriate <laughs> did I, did i not say i don't know you you explained why it probably wouldn't be Jules because she still has a penis i would have done Jules if she had a post-op vagina for sure you don't, you, oh you're better just fucking a uh, trans person in the ass. I got to try
1: it. I got to try it. I'm panned, maybe. Try it all. Um, just pick Nate. <laughs> Ooh. I mean, you know, I think you just nailed it with Cassie, and there's just nothing more I really need to say unless I want to say I want to fuck one of the moms. I Honestly, I thought Rue's mom was really hot. Yeah. Um, I thought uh, Cassie's mom was hot.
0: Cassie's slutty mom was fucking weirdly mm-hmm. hot yeah she tries to fuck uh mckay at some point i think she's like i'll fuck you too just like my daughter or something like that yeah
1: she's she says something like that like she's forgetful like her mother or something like that or or she's like you know she's it was weird it was definitely a line where she was like if you fuck me i won't say anything
0: yeah pretty much uh so yeah yeah yeah, there's some some milfaction going on there kind of weird to think that there's a a version of the show that she would just be blurry, blurry, going whop bump, <laughs> just, just like not a character. The, Isn't the, that the, weird, the Israeli version? Well, because yeah. the parents are such, like, they're pretty complicated characters too. They're not mm-hmm. super developed, but like, obviously, it's a, sh- you know, it's it's a show that would go on for multiple seasons. So maybe we'll find out more about uh, Jules's dad. But like, there's probably an interesting story there. <laughs>
1: Yeah, probably, um, or an interesting story with Cal even more with like what? Oh his yeah, especially with. yeah.
0: I mean, he's, he's I think what's interesting character. too
1: about this, just kind of like you know, maybe wrap this up on yeah, is uh, HBO's taking chances not only with content like Euphoria, yeah, um, and content like like True Detective, but they're taking chances with creators on writing whole series or seasons out and or directing most of if not all the episodes, uh, like they did with um. True Detective season one, all written and directed by the same writer and director. Uh, this series was, you know, all pretty much written by Sam Levinson and then he directed five out of eight episodes. Yeah,
0: you're seeing more of that. You're seeing more of people just getting given shows. You're, but
1: you're seeing this really cohesive vision yeah. of these shows. And I think that's the standout here is that we're getting television now that's even before we were saying we we're getting the Silver Age of television. Because we were getting just, you know, actors finally coming into television and television with budgets. But now we're starting to see not only actors coming into television and budgets, but we're seeing stories crafted around cohesive vision and not this big old writer's room world anymore as much.
0: Kind of makes you wonder how someone how, how someone could decide that they would make three Star Wars movies. Without a cohesive vision, without even fucking when, when when even fucking random like HBO B shows because Euphoria was uh, it, they had their A shows and their B shows. Game of Thrones was their A show, and as it started to end, they they put Westworld as their uh, second A show, and like you know sex in the city was a was their like b caliber their cheaper show trying to this is seems to be going for that level that like entourage and sex in the city did of that level of of uh, how much it costs to make versus how many people uh watch it but like in the final season of game of thrones euphoria was always the fucking ad that was before it like the trailer that that was before the new episode of game of thrones like look at our fucking euphoria they were trying to promote this uh, as a show and investing uh Investing money into it, at least uh, some degree of money, because, I mean, honestly, I- I'll just say it: I was more entertained watching Euphoria than I was with the fucking last season of of uh, Westworld, which frequently bored and frustrated me. Oh, uh, dude, <laughs> or the last season of Game of Thrones. Be honest. Yeah, I, I didn't hate it as much as everyone else did, but
1: no, my- I didn't hate the last season of Game of Thrones as much as everyone else either. In fact, we talk about it in our Game of Thrones episode. How much we all very much enjoyed it. But I still found the first season of Euphoria better than the final season of Game of Thrones. It just
0: seems like they're like HBO is trying, you know, HBO is not HBO anymore. HBO once was like the only place where cinema level television existed. Right. And now it's fucking everywhere. It's on Netflix. Yep. It's like, but, but it's also, it's even on just like ABC, you know, like, and, but, dude. But,
1: okay. So it was, it was HBO. And then it was like HBO and AMC, even though Showtime and Cinemax still had stuff. And FX. Like HBO, AM, AMC and FX. Yeah. But then it started branching off into like major network channels. And then it started branching off into things like prime. And when it got to prime, for me, that's when I was like, "Holy shit!" The Netflix, I expected, but Prime.
0: Prime isn't super ambitious. I
1: remember Prime started off with this whole like weird like contest, like write a oh, pilot yeah. and we will we will make it. And someone did like a, a Zombie Land
0: uh, pilot that was like horrible. Yeah, and th- they don't do that anymore. That was a that was the the dark times.
1: No, but but like the fact that Prime has great television now, it like blows me away.
0: I guess, but my point is, is that it seems like now HBO, it, now that they don't have Game of Thrones anymore, because that was the, that was like. We're the network that has Game of Thrones and all right. of these other shows. All gone. Without, without Game of Thrones anymore. Uh, in this, you know, the. the the prequel version, the series becoming more and more difficult and in, in further in the future now, especially because of COVID. It seems like they're trying to find their place in this new world. And HBO Max, you know, was, was sold on like, we have old episodes of Friends, but yeah. they, like, what's our big thing? I don't know. I don't I don't like I've seen trailers for Raised by Wolves, and I don't understand what the show is even trying to be about. So
1: it's like a weird Ridley Scott, like uh, it reminds me of like those Fox kind of sci fi shows. And I don't I'm not into it
0: at yeah, all. But like when I saw the trailer for Euphoria before all those Game of Thrones episodes, I was just like, why the fuck is HBO doing that? And I think now having watched it and now seeing what the state of things are, HBO is just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what Dude, sticks.
1: It's getting weird with it. It's getting weird with it. They're profiting off of wokeness, is what they're trying to do.
0: But you could now you could do wokeness without it being so fucking surreal and 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 weird and and uh visually arresting is this so well like the, yeah
1: and and they are they are going because because wait, what, what were the shows you point out you point out sex in the city mm-hmm. right and you point out what was the other one it was uh i mentioned entourage entourage they're both 30 minute shows right yeah euphoria's uh, hour euphoria is an hour so they you're right you're absolutely right they they could have gone to 30 minute yeah comedy or more lighthearted, but they went Dark with it, and they decided to go hour long. All yeah, the,
0: the, they're pushing it as a prestige one, uh, as, as a prestige show to a certain degree. So, like that's where the hour. Uh, Dude,
1: their music supervisor fucking worked their ass off, and uh, absolutely like deserves a lot of the credit. I think, because the show gains a lot of prestige from Labyrinth, who scored it, and then on top of that, all the additional music that they fucking hunted down for the show.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, look, HBO is it's based on their their new offering of. Raised by Wolves, which I guess I'll watch next. Let me know if it's good. Is, uh they did the whole th- th- release three episodes and then the rest of this the and also it's all also eight episodes for the season because eight episodes is all you need for a season now. Um, it seems pretty short, but uh, and also just trying weirder shit. And this is a weird show. And uh, I guess you know HBO is trying, man. That that like they 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 didn't have anyone competing with them for so long their competitors were like what cinemax No, or everyone show- does well, showtime i guess was their competitor showtime and now they showtime got Showtime fucking- wasn't
1: then amc because amc was willing to kind of go a little intense
0: yeah but amc still couldn't show tits mm. they're their, like their real competitor was only showtime and now they've got netflix which can show tits now they've got fucking amazon prime which can show tits so yeah uh th- th- and it's not just showing tits but it's like they can they can do whatever in push our rating. Yeah, they can push in our rating. They can go past in our rating because this show obviously goes past in our rating. So uh, it, it is weird. Oh, well, uh, yeah. Okay. I think we've uh, established that we're, our, our feelings on Euphoria. I love it. And you now seem to, I mean, you understand why I said you gotta watch Euphoria because I need to talk to somebody about Euphoria. And you, yeah, I really liked it. I'm really happy with the show. You, you seem to understand it. All right. Cool Boy Nation, tell us your gender expression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or what you thought about the first season of Euphoria and how many cis boys assigned a male at birth. <laughs> out of five, you would give it by emailing us at the Cool Boys podcast at gmail.com. New episodes S come out every week. <laughs> yeah, what is that S doing there? But usually on Tuesdays. Be sure to like yes. and subscribe to The Cool Boys and review us on Apple Podcasts. Please check out our other great Cool Boy Central content with Batman and beyond. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I'm just on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and YouTube. That makes me really curious what Steve would think of Euphoria. Gripping. I liked it when when Rue <laughs> was on drugs. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Stay cool, Cool Boy Nation. Until next time, it's Visies from Fesco Felk. And that's Bises from Rue Bennett Ballard.
1: Or Gia Bennett Ballard. You are standing American boy. You will be in all things. I pump while I
0: dump. Oh yeah. So cool. Oh
1: yeah. So cool. Oh, oh yeah.
0: So cool. This episode of The Cool Boys Podcast was brought to you by... I tried to get Corey to watch Euphoria, of course, and boy, did that not work out. <laughs> really? Well, he, he saw the trailer, and he's like, I cannot fucking believe you watched that. I'm like, well, I just needed to understand what it was, and I I was just left with more questions each episode, and I just had to keep watching, and he's just like... He, he seemed to think that that show could, like, actively turn you gay. And you know what? <laughs> oh, my God. He's not entirely wrong. <laughs> Uh, Dude, turn me gay for Nate, hardcore. Thank you for doing this episode, because I I obviously... Of course. I really needed to... Talk it out? Yeah, I needed to talk it out. I needed to know that, like, I'm still sane, that this didn't (laughs) make sense. But the fact that I wanted to keep watching it wasn't also some, like... Because, like, based on the show's logic, if I want to keep watching it, it's because I also am questioning my gender identity or sexuality. And I'm not, but I'm intrigued. Yeah. (laughs) And you were intrigued, too. uh, Absolutely. I I mean, unless you were being facetious the entire episode, you you understood why I was fascinated by this show. So. I was, absolutely. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, we talked a lot longer about this than we did about the fucking... The Witcher. (laughs) (laughs) Get
1: some cool cool boys. boys. (laughs) (laughs) So serious.